0: Welcome to the Hog Call Podcast. This is Chad. And this is Tim. Be sure to subscribe to the Hog Call on your favorite podcast directory. iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, whatever you'd like, we're on them all. The Hog Call is only live, real-time, uncut, uncensored, razorback podcast. Created by fans for fans. Friend us on Facebook at Hog Call Podcast or... Follow us on Twitter at Hog Call Podcast. Chad runs the Facebook page and Tim runs the Twitter page. Support the Hog Call Podcast by helping us spread the word. Give us a five-star rating and leave a comment, even if it's just Go Hogs. This will go a long way to allow other Razorback fans find the podcast more easily. If you'd like to throw a tip our way, you can support the podcast financially by clicking on the link in the show description. We're counting on fan support. Do you have something Hog Call Nation needs to hear? Leave a voicemail by clicking the link in the description below or send an email to hogcallpodcast at gmail.com. Well, it's good to get that mess out of the way. How's it going, Tim.
1: Hey Chad, doing really good tonight. How are you?
0: I'm doing real good. Everything's going pretty good. Uh, You know, we got Limbo on the podcast, uh, Limbo Parks on the podcast later uh, today. So you guys are going to be able to get a listen to that and that's really exciting. He had some really good stories to tell and we really enjoyed being able to sit down and pick his brain and, and he dropped some serious knowledge bombs about the university of saw in his time there and i think everybody's going to enjoy that interview
1: yeah limbo was great incredible storyteller he comes from a razorback teams that won you know 10 games one year and uh, nine the next mm-hmm. so uh, the time when we were pretty good in the '80s in the in the SWC, so it's really cool to hear uh, the guy. As as you'll hear later, he's a winner every everywhere he's been—from playing to uh, playing football to wrestling to to coaching. Now he's won state championships. He's uh, his time in the NFL never lost a game. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear that.
0: Yeah, me too. So you know, we had a little bit of a technical difficulty last week. I just want to say we're sorry about that. You know, we had some people send us some messages and uh, leave a review on uh the uh, itunes and it's just one of those things that happens you know we never uh went into this thinking that we were gonna be doing this as uh much as we are or have a fan base as large as we do at this point and uh anyway we we apologize uh about that it was uh what, the dallas State game and the
1: Tulsa game that yeah. we talked about? Yeah, the, t- the Tulsa. And every I mean, that was a game that was on. So everybody that's listening to the podcast to uh, watch or can go back and listen to it. There's Then we previewed Valpo, which wasn't an exciting game even in that one on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, we ended up winning. So we, if there was a time, it's not like we missed a big, you know, it's, it's better now that we got that out of our system right mm-hmm. before conference see our indiana this weekend which we'll talk about and conference basketball season starting up so sorry about it but we're we're um, we're getting better we're growing yeah as chad said so crazy um, those things happen but we'll, we'll be better
0: yeah yeah it was just a uh a technical glitch and it's just one of those things that there was no way to know it was going to happen and no way to prevent it and you know when you do a live podcast the way we do and we try not to cut it up we try not to you know get a producer to come in and and make it fancy and and uh you know mess around with it and we try to give you a r- real live raw podcast you know sometimes you have those incidents so
1: yeah it's definitely you know uncensored uncut as we been from the get-go raw all and um that's kind of what you get. Like we're hanging out with you, we're gonna make mistakes. We're not polished. Um, we have coaching degrees, not not communication degrees. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, but exactly. Thanks to everybody for understanding. And it is nice to kind of when people say that, you know, you know, you're getting listened to. It's like, hey, you know, they're missing out on us talking about the Tulsa and Valpo uh, mid-December basketball game.
0: Absolutely. So. Anyway, uh, moving forward from that, I guess there was a Twitter poll, Tim?
1: Yeah, on, uh, you know, I think maybe last weekend, just kind of checked and uh, getting all these notifications, like, oh, your poll by uh, uh, a real flavor beeps at Rob Secrets. He did a poll for Up and Coming Hog Podcast of 2019, got 771 votes. We won 80% of it. Um, This uh, Rob, I guess... You know, even though he thought highly of our podcast to to include us in this, as there's been a a spring up of, of Razorback podcasts in the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of after we got after we kind of really got started, you know, there's been a lot more. So it's, it's cool. I really appreciate that we we're included in that. But and then he kind of made a made a backhanded compliment or backhanded at us that people were confused that we were the Hog Pod. Does Hog Pod Hog Call sound uh, the same? It doesn't. It's different. Uh, every, hmm. I think everybody's pretty sure this is not talking about Bo Mattingly. I yeah. think it was I think it was more the fact that um, that we we got word of the um, the um, the Twitter poll, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a couple hours hours after it was created. Oh, let's share this for our fans and
0: listen.
1: Yep. and then oh, jumped up to Boom where we sat at eighty percent. So cool poll. We appreciate it
0: absolutely yeah it was really cool really appreciate it and uh yeah we appreciate everybody that went and voted all the listeners and uh you know you showed out for us and and that's awesome so you know honestly if i what two years ago when we started this thing it was just a thing that we were going to do just a personal thing and and we were just really putting it on the internet just as a way to kind of document (laughs) it and just Uh have it there you know so we could go back, our kids could go, others could go back and listen to it in the future. And, uh, golly, it just kind of blew up on us. It, uh, I just really appreciate everybody's
1: time. Yeah, as you said. Yeah. I mean, we were just trying to document this time, especially, you know, it's like, all right, new coach, you know, new, new, new uh, football coach regime. And, uh, mm-hmm. what are we going to do? Let's, let's, let's document this. Absolutely. And uh, these have not worked out. But one day, when we win a national championship, we're going to be able to go back and we should go back and listen to this absolute seller To even, you know, when we're when we're win championship, then we start averaging ten wins a year, and people, uh-huh. and we were all fans are getting pissy because how did we finish second in the SEC West? <laughs> you know, you know, we'll go we can go back and look back at these recordings and,
0: and know get a how, real reaction you know, from. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Get a real reaction from a real fan, you know, not something that's cut up, not something that's, you know, been overproduced and and stuff like that. Because like you said, something you mentioned earlier is, you know, we got into this thing. I think there were like three podcasts out there at the time. And uh, by the end of the year, we had so many listeners and people saying like, yeah, you know, we agree with you and you're not you're not pulling punches, you know, you're, you're, you're saying it like it is, you're you're not happy with what's going on and you're, you know, you're being honest about it, you're telling us what you see and by the end of the year we had so many listeners and then moving in this year, it's just increased exponentially it's like, all right, here's money, well, if you're going to give me money, I guess I'll get a better microphone, you know, so on and so forth, so (laughs) it's just kind of grown, you know.
1: And it's going to continue to keep growing, like you said, with the microphone. Only go up from here everything uh, because of you guys
0: absolutely so thank you we'd thank still do you. it if
1: we'd still do it if it was just us talking into the microphone and listening to it back over but we appreciate you guys every one of you
0: every single one of you that are listening every single week all around the world which is just amazing to me yeah. it's hard oh, yeah it's hard for me to fathom uh, when I look at all of our stats of where we're at right now so thank you uh, and we really appreciate it and if it wasn't for you we wouldn't be able to be here and do this. At least the quality that we're doing, and it has, uh, you know, I guess bought into it as as we've become. Uh, you guys have really helped us grow, so thank you so much.
1: Yeah, absolutely, I'm looking forward to uh, many more.
0: Yeah. So we got to say, uh, offensive coordinator, finally. Uh, we're gonna have uh, Kendall Bryles coming over. Uh, he you know no way to sugarcoat this he was in a uh scandal uh over at baylor and you know i have done a lot of research on this i know tim's done a lot of research on it uh we just kind of wanted to be able to give you guys a lowdown of of what maybe went on what we could find there and and you know kind of how we felt about it And, and really it was good for me to be able to put it into its place so that I could have a good understanding of what went on how it went on and like what his connection to it was so that I could have a you know I guess a better conscience uh, watching the games and I tell you honestly uh, I'm not sure that he knew about the 53 rape allegations that that the team was sided with um uh, i do think you know obviously art knew that was that was uh foregone and i know that kendall was the right-hand man there and i'm sure he maybe had knowledge of it in passing or something but this is also one of those things where you know you probably you're not telling a lot of people there's a lot of privacy involved things like that and uh you're not talking to a lot of people you know we, we know that the uh, that art was involved. We know the volleyball coach of the girl was involved that Mm. was that was in this. Her mom was involved in it. There was the strength and conditioning coach that was involved in it over there at the time. And that's who we know like was definitely privy to these allegations and, and the things that were going on. And we know that none of them went and told the judicial Uh, folks about it and uh, at the at the university and this includes the AD uh, all the way up so the president yeah yeah. Ken
1: Starr the president of Baylor
0: Ken Starr the president yep and you know whenever they told Art about it it is reported that he said that they needed to call the police and tell the police which seems like you know the right reaction to me, if you know somebody says, "Hey, you know this this person got raped or whatnot," and you say, "Tell them to call the police," that just seems like the right thing to do.
1: Sure. Now, yeah.
0: should he have don't. taken it a step further and called him himself? Probably so. Uh, should he have, you know, took it to the judicial committee himself? Probably so. But what is Kendall's involvement in that? I don't. I don't know. I don't. Just after I've read everything, the really the only damning thing there was was the one mention of him in the uh, in the report where he had said that uh, to, uh, to a player, if you like uh, white women, uh, we got a lot of them at Baylor and they love football players.
1: And that seems yeah that's the only one and I, I've seen uh, other kind of uh, I guess a, a part of that group that maybe um, hangs out with players or recruiting um, so that you know was really asked to for anything um, sexual to happen um, yeah his uh, art will art will never coach again and he does mm-hmm. deserve to um, but Kendall I'm not sure what benefit it was or his father to I'm not sure he was. Uh, I don't. I don't imagine he was proud of everything, going on with his son. Um, well, but I do know. As Go a ahead, dad,
0: yeah. well, I'm just thinking, as a dad, and you're in this situation and and stuff. Um, I could see like thinking, like I'm not telling him about this because I don't want him to be involved sure. in the in the situation, and he has been vetted by like four other big programs, and I I don't, you know. Look, whenever um, Garrett McGee tried to go down to Florida to coach ball in Florida, he couldn't get the job at, uh, I think he might have been FAU, but he couldn't get the job down there because of the break-in incident and stuff when he was younger uh, because the background check didn't pan out, right? hmm Like, these background checks, these schools do aren't just for show like they're not just going to hire you because you're a great coach because at the time he was a great coach but they didn't hire him because his, he had that hiccup in his background so
1: yeah this I will say um, your check did give a statement on the vetting of uh, Kendall so they, I mean, it's not, not like were, we we're just going to try to sweep it under the rug or ignore anything like that involving Kendall Browse. Mm -hmm. So, your check says, Coach Pittman and I have been in consistent communication as he continues the process of putting together his staff. While in most instances I serve as more of an advisory role as part of that process, Coach Pittman did ask for my assistance specifically in vetting Kendall in relation to the extenuating circumstances at Baylor University. Baylor was up front with both Coach Pittman and me regarding his time at Baylor and all matters related to his career within college football. So it seems to me that that he was pretty well vetted. That's not something you wish uh, wish upon your uh, your lap as far as um, the attention it would get if Kendall was a big part of the wrong, the the, the horrible incidents going on uh, mm. at Baylor. So it, I mean, it does kind of when his name that that last name does kind of give you the heebie-jeebies. Uh, but I mean. Is if if he really it seems to be that he really wasn't involved in um in, in kind of uh, uh, obviously what harden the president et cetera and strength and training coaches an um, athletic director as far as those guys so uh, what's to say this kindle doesn't deserve a second chance
0: exactly and or
1: not even a second chance if he didn't mess up but you know what I
0: mean yeah no I know what you mean I mean he was part of a program that did something it shouldn't have done and got punished for that, right? Was he found mm-hmm. to have done something wrong? Yes, but, you know, definitely was, wasn't was the seriousness that the, the other coaching staff and coaches had done. And it sounds to me like he owned it when he talked to, you know, Pittman and, and check, and said, you know, look, I did these things. I know it was wrong. and You know, I'm not going to do it again. So whenever... I guess whenever you, you are a part of something like that and it happens, does that make everybody that's there guilty? You know, uh, it doesn't. You, can, you, you can't work that way. You have to look at everybody on an individual basis. If the FBI comes and raids your place of work tomorrow, you're not guilty of doing something wrong unless you know you were doing something wrong that you shouldn't have been doing. You know. And if you did do something wrong if it wasn't to the extent that you go to jail or you're not found to be doing something wrong with the judicial system, then who who are we to judge and say, like, we're gonna ruin your career for the rest of your life because you were associated with this.
1: Yeah, and and also at least the you know, Democrat Gazette is commonly known. Kind of well known that there was pretty much three, three coordinators that kind of got interviewed, and their names were uh, heavily in the running: mm-hmm. uh, uh, Kendall, Browse, Major Applewhite, and Chip Long. So it wasn't if if something was even on the fence about Kendall, I, I'm not sure that they wouldn't have looked in those other two directions.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That and and not even take the chance if he was anywhere leaning to it. So, so I guess. But, what... oh, go yeah, ahead. Go ahead no, I was saying. Uh, it seems. I mean, it seems from kind of what we've heard about from other coaches and his players, kind of um, really saying how they're gonna. Uh, really good regards to him. A young, innovative offensive coach. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what I mean, if Coach Pittman and your checks willing to take him on, then I guess you just got to believe in him and um, yeah. believe he's the, he's a, he's a he's a real good guy.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that you know he he deserves the opportunity i think that uh you know he's he's getting that opportunity and and we'll you know we'll see what he does with it um do you know for myself do i have a huge problem with him uh i don't feel like i do uh i don't think that you know he's he did anything uh that was knowledgeably wrong where he Knew like this is this isn't something you're supposed to be doing. I do think he was probably involved in you know the selling of sex, I guess, to to players or whatever, uh, and and to saying you know hey if you come here you know the girls are gonna like you or whatnot. I mean that's obvious. Uh, he got mm-hmm. caught doing that, and I think he's probably learned his lesson from that. And it, I don't, I, I doubt it'll happen again. He seems like a pretty bright guy and now the eyes are on him you know people are watching for these things he has to be very careful about how he approaches stuff so for me I think that you know I can give him another opportunity to you know prove himself and I think he's done that at the other schools he was at so you know I'd like to I, I I don't have a problem with him coming to the University of Arkansas I'll tell you, as a Bucks fan, I had much more of a problem with Jameis Winston going to the Bucks, and would still like another quarterback because I think he raped that girl. So,
2: yeah,
0: that's kind of where I stand. Um, as far as what I think of him as a coach, I mean, he's a great coach. Look at what he's done. I mean, when he was at, at Baylor, he uh, had an a offense that was ranked in the top 10 nationally uh whenever he went to uh fau he did it again uh florida state you know he's he did he did okay there uh houston houston he did really good um florida state wasn't his best performance but he got into a bowl game they had a horrible offensive line and he ran the ball a lot Uh, a lot of guys think you know this is going to be a a guy that throws it around all over the field which he has done at places but he really seems to take the players he has and molds his offensive scheme around those players for that year which is perfect it's exactly what we need at this point at the University of Arkansas I feel like so I'm really excited to see that but I don't know if he'll be around more than a year he hasn't stayed anywhere besides Baylor for more than a year and that's where I have my reservations
1: yeah, that that reputation is going to get to him too. So it might, might be time for him to not do that. Florida mm-hmm. State, he might have stayed there, not for coaching change. At Houston, the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Applewhite got uh, fired, so he had he moved on to a uh, Kiffin, and Kiffin. I guess he just had jumped up to a better, uh, bigger job.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But uh, you know, yeah, Florida State, but they had a they were hundred three in all, total offense in two thousand eighteen, and I think he got them down to sixty. Just not just burning it up, but you know, almost a hundred percent improvement.
2: Mm-hmm. And the
1: reason I know this about uh, Cam Akers, their running back this year, was I had him in the Hall Call Fantasy League. But like you were t- you were talking about his running game, he does run the ball. Cam Akers was, I mean, he had games where he was, I mean, he was a workhorse. And I imagine, I imagine that's part of the reason. In the same day, what we had this past Monday with Raheem Boyd announcing that he's coming back for senior year, that that seemed to coincide pretty well. And I think. I think maybe you know uh, some people made a good point about mm-hmm. you know him, You know he might need to just go to the NFL running backs. You know what? He didn't have a really a whole lot of. I think it seems maybe Browse is gonna he's gonna use him as a workhorse and show he can last throughout the season, getting twenty plus carries a game. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I think uh, I think you're you're hundred percent right. I think that we're definitely gonna see a lot of uses out of Boyd. I think like you said, that's one of the reasons Boyd stayed. I think that we're gonna see a a, a run heavy offense that is gonna open up the passing game for us. And I think that's exactly what we're gonna need. Uh, What I'll be interested to see is who who do we get um, as our quarterback, as a transfer, or do we build up who we have? Uh, do we do we take uh, KJ and say, okay, you're the guy. We're going to run you. We're going to have a running uh, type, you know, quarterback philosophy, and, and we're going to run Boyd. Uh, I expect to see Boyd break some big records. Big records. I mean, don't be surprised if you see some of D records come off the board.
1: You know, that's a very good point, Chad. I mean, he had a thousand. I mean, just not even, you know, never getting over a 15 carries. And a lot of times, you know, Western Kentucky had his career 180 yards Kentucky on nine carries.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's some of the, I mean, imagine a different offense. And I think the rest woods, Burke, Knox, those guys are going to get older. Um, um Hopefully Hudson Henry steps up at tight end and the offensive line should be better with as a head coach and your first, you know, I think, uh, I like the Brad Davis hire. So you think the offensive line going to be um, K.J., he's going to be a redshirt freshman next year. I like he uh, browsed at Houston with, I know, going back to Derek King and uh, the quarterback at FAU, and then this year the Florida State quarterback, all dual-threat guys, and K.J. is. Mm-hmm. It would be nice, I think, to uh, kind of going back to Derek King. He's he's transferring now to Houston. And that's who he didn't do as well um, with Dana Holgerson as he did with the Kendall Bryer, Bryles offense, mm-hmm. uh, where he just was hard to stop. Um, so maybe it'd be a good fit for him to come over here, and maybe KJ learn learn that offense one more year. I mean, he'll still be a sophomore
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, with game experience. Get some more game in-game experience. Um, it would because you only got on the roster. You know, Stark, Starkle is transferred, and Hicks is. You know, Starkle uh, enters the NFL draft. I guess what he's talking about first, and Hicks graduated. So you only got uh, Jefferson, John Stephen Jones, and the. Uh, my gosh, oh, Jack Lindsay, and then you had obviously Chandler Morris uh, decommit. So It would be nice, I think, to get a grad transfer quarterback this year to work under Browse. He's a quarterback coach, so hopefully he'll be pretty solid.
0: Yeah, no, so uh, I think he's going to definitely bring a solid offense, uh, whatever you think about him as a person and uh, the allegations and, and all that. I know there's mixed reactions on that, but as a football coach, we know he's a—he's definitely a excellent football coach, and um, he's gonna—he's gonna bring a much better offense uh, than we had. And I just think it's a knockout hire; it really is to have Barry Odom as our defensive coordinator. I mean, think about that. And Kendall Bryles as our offensive coordinator. Um, thats just—it's just amazing that he, that Sam Pittman was able to make these. These hires, and he told us. I mean, he told us like w- there are some big time coaches that want to come to the University of Arkansas and coach, and uh, he wasn't kidding.
1: Yeah, these were sought after guys. and I mean, mm-hmm. everybody's saying, "Oh, wow, these are good." I mean, these are good hires. Um, and then we I got mean, they're kind of yeah. Go ahead, Jay.
0: Oh, I was just gonna also say the you know we got the uh, tied ends coach over at uh, uh, Central oh, UCF. Florida. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah? I mean. He's a big up and coming coach. Huge, huge grab to get him.
1: Yeah, he's kind of got a good mix of these guys with experience, but also some young guys, mm-hmm. kind of uh, working their way up and really. I, I just, I just can't see. I mean, this can be a tougher schedule. Coaches, uh, you know, these guys aren't like, all right, we're settled and, you know, half-assed and only winning three games next year as an improvement. You know, these guys are coming into. You know, Kendall Browz, his next step is to become a head coach. Barry Odom's been a head coach. His next step is uh, to lead to have us at some top top ten, top twenty defenses, and get his next head coaching job here after after him. And uh, hopefully, these guys will stay for like at least a three year unit. Maybe win ten or eleven games. You know, next year or the the third season, then then make you know for themselves to get those head coaching jobs again. But I think they're all out here to turn the singer
0: I think so I think you're going to see a big ma- I mean maybe it's just the fan in me I don't know but I think you're going to see a major turnaround uh, in the University of ours. so you know I mean especially um, with, like you said with the coaches we got and we know they're coming to to work and win so uh, it's you know it's just you know it's, it's just awesome uh, that we were able to do that so you know we got uh uh Justin Steep he's the only one that's going to stay from the last uh regime. He is a wide receivers coach. He was a wide receivers coach over at SMU. Uh prior to that, he was a GA and um yeah, I think that's his only I think that was his only go. Is SMU and in, in here and um
1: yeah, he was at Appalachian State right before SMU.
0: Oh, okay. In Appalachian State too. So I don't know. I guess I kinda of like to see it. You know, it seemed like we dropped a lot of balls and stuff, but maybe we can coach him up and, and get him coaching the the wide receivers a little bit better or whatever. Yeah, that's
1: definitely that's definitely and a lot of young receivers. Do uh but definitely you know I think a lot of that's a Big recruiter of, uh, had, you know, had four, four, four star receivers: so Trey Knox, Shamar Nash, Traylon Burks, and TQ Jackson last year. Mm-hmm. The Hogs were the only team in the nation to sign four four star wide receivers, so I think uh, that's that's a big part of it. But yeah, they're gonna have to damn catch the ball, Chad. You're right. Yeah, it's got comes down to him if uh, if they don't improve as a unit.
0: And then uh, we also got Sam Carter. Who's coming down from Missouri? He was a uh, defensive quality control guy uh, last year at Missouri, and he's going to be uh, taking the uh, cornerbacks at the University of Arkansas. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that, that's you know that's a new hire. It's he's not he doesn't have a ton of experience, but uh, I'm sure that you know Odom is really comfortable with him, and and he has a lot of work ethic, and uh, and that's why they're bringing him in. So. You know, yeah. when you go, when you got Od, you got Barry Odom, and you got you know Kendall Brown. You can train, you can teach. You know, you can you can bring in some guys yeah. like that.
1: And and Chad, uh, regarding Sam Carter, he's from New Orleans, so going to play. Getting get some New Orleans and Louisiana kids, and he was a, he was an all Big Twelve safety at TCU mm-hmm. before he started as coach. Semifinals for the Jim Thorpe Award started thirty nine uh, games over you know his last couple of years. So he's a really good player. He's still young. Can maybe can, you know, get the right to players. Like, it's a good mix of guys. Like you said, a Barry Odoma Better mm-hmm. who's going to teach uh, these guys some so things. So.
0: Something you mentioned that I thought uh, we should probably mention here on the podcast that I just thought of was you said that it was interesting that when we got uh, that coach from New Orleans, we also got a commit from New Orleans. So that might have been, you know, he might have brought that commitment
1: in already. <laughs> already working itself. Out.
0: <laughs> so. so, yeah. So,
1: it's coming um, together. We're still lacking a uh, running backs coach. Uh, I think we both would like to see Tim Horton, Horton coming back here. Um, yeah. We'll talk about that too with Limbo. Uh, after a while, and a defense. I think defensive line and wide receivers, and then we just hired, like you said, uh, John Cooper from UCF as a tight end. Mm-hmm. Somebody that uh, for special teams,
0: and I think we got about right now. It averages out about three hundred fifty thousand dollars per coach that we got left that we could use to hire. That's the average uh, when you figure out how much money we got left, considering we had the the five million budget or whatnot. So I expect to see some some pretty decent, you know, additions coming in, and yeah, I'm excited yeah, to see this. Round itself out.
1: Yeah, the uh, by next week's podcast, hopefully we'll know have it have it set before the new year, yeah, or by the new year.
0: Yeah, that'll be amazing. So, well, I guess that's uh, I guess that's about all we got on the uh, the football coaches. Uh, did we miss anything? Anything we missed there, Tim? Or?
1: I don't think so. I think kind of just waiting around, um, yeah, um, for more for more news than that to, to finalize.
0: Absolutely. Um, yeah, and I don't uh, I don't think I have anything else football-related. You got anything else football-related?
1: I think that covers I think we'll get plenty with uh, Coach Limbo Parks here in a second.
0: Absolutely. So let's go ahead and go to commercial break, and then we will uh, come back with Coach Parks.
1: The Hall Call Podcast. All right, guys, from Kansas City, where he won a national championship as a player in junior college, was a JC All-American before moving on to be a two-year starter for the Razorbacks on the offensive line for Ken Hatfield's 1985 and 1986 teams that finished with top 20 rankings and went to a Holiday Bowl and an Orange Bowl. He was also an All SWC selection. The Hog Call Podcast is glad to have on tonight, Limbo Parks. Welcome to the Hog Call, Limbo, and happy holidays to you.
0: Hey, happy holidays to you, guys, and thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. It's always wonderful to have Razorback Royalty on the uh, on the podcast, so I appreciate you spending some time to talk to us and, and our listeners. We're really, really excited about this. Oh, yeah. All right. So, you know, I... I've been watching some uh film, I guess I should say on YouTube and and watching the old games and and going back and and uh, it, you know, you guys had a heck of a run, especially that first year at the University of Arkansas. Do you want to you want to talk to us a little bit about like you want to tell us about high school and how you got there and, and those sorts of things. What made you choose the University of Arkansas? Well, I, I I'll be honest with you. Uh, out of high
3: school, I wanted to go to uh university of arkansas i came down for a game arkansas was playing rice and one of my biggest thrills was watching richard richardson play donut oh yeah at nose guard and i was just elated at just atmosphere and i wanted to come down and uh they was being they was recruiting me and i had all these guys, schools want me to come to the games and stuff, the KU, Iowa State, Missouri. Heck, I've seen, I watched Marcus Dupree play twice that year because it was 1982. <laughs> okay, so I'm in high school and I'm seeing all this and next thing you know, everybody just stopped recruiting for some reason. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what happened and And it was just, I mean, it was actually, was really devastating. And uh, I uh, had uh, like five offers from a division two, I think it was NAIA school, was Pitt State, Missouri Western, Missouri Southern, Northwest Missouri. I think it's more West, but it was like in Central Missouri State. I had five of those offers and they gave me four rides out of high school but I wasn't comfortable with from my, I mean, I, I just felt like I wanted to go bigger and I, I, I had no idea what a junior college was. And, uh, Mike Foster, uh, uh, came up to recruit me. And I don't know if you've seen those laser downs mm-hmm. around, uh, he's the inventor of that now <laughs> he's the oh, inventor wow. of, of laser downs So, so wow. Mike Foster came and, uh, recruited me and I thought he I, he had on a red jacket and I thought it was Nebraska. Found out quick it wasn't and I was just had I had no idea what a drink coach was. And then when he got gave me his spew and said you can uh leave after two years, I said, What? I stopped. He had my full undivided attention. <laughs> and so I went down on a recruiting trip and I met a bunch of guys that really was hungry like I was and I I came back home and I was all excited and I walked in the house and I told my my father I said this is a true story I said daddy I want to go to Coffeeville and all you have to do is pay some extra number of money each semester (laughs) Well, he looked at me and put the paper down. He said, boy, I got five right here. It says I don't have to pay nothing. But He didn't say nothing. And he said, uh, you better pick. I'm not paying for nothing. So I was just heartbroken. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I called Coach Coach Dick Foster, the head coach, and uh, they set it up where back then you could do work studies. And that's how I went to coffee room.
0: Oh, that's awesome. It
3: wasn't. Uh,
0: go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, that's awesome. You know, you, you went over there and you, you did work study and did what you had to do to, you know, be successful and be on that team that you wanted to be on. and it's just, it's just always neat to hear, you know, somebody overcoming adversity like that. And it obviously well, paid
1: off, too. So that's yeah, – mm-hmm. you didn't, you I didn't was give up terrible. on it.
3: No, I was very hungry to be successful because I was – the day, you, I've never been one of these guys. You know, they got these big signing dates and all that stuff. Well, in 1983, when everybody signed, and I wasn't going anywhere at the time, I was sitting there and I was just like tears rolling down my eyes. I told, I made a promise that they're gonna, they're gonna remember. I'm, I'm gonna make people pay for this day. <laughs> and when I went to Coffeeville, we just was fortunate enough the first year to win a national championship with a bunch of guys that was pretty much just like me, just was hungry and, and was overlooked by a bunch by a bunch of uh, schools. And we won a national championship. We had like, we had 31 freshmen on a 40 man roster that year and won a national champion. So it was pretty good. And the next year we, uh, Lost to Nebraska by three points, and lost to Butler by one point or something. And we finished still in the top top ten. But you know, everybody wanted to win a national championship. I could have I could have left after my first year because I had the grades. But I t- I wanted to stay with my brothers to try to uh, go back to back. So oh yeah, <laughs> so that was. Because you know, I, I, some people think when you go to ju- JUCO college, you you because you, you didn't have the grades or something. Well, I had the grades out of high school. Mm-hmm. I, I just I just made a business decision to go <laughs> play there.
1: Limbo, sorry. There's also a yeah. um, <laughs> It's impressive that kind of junior colleges get that misconception. You know, maybe the guys are just kind of in it to in it to prove themselves. You know, kind of selfishly to get to get to the next level, and. You exactly. Be one football, had, so it's really impressive. Y'all kind of yeah, all bought nobody. in from early on,
3: right? No, yeah. Uh, like my sophomore year, we we had a uh, well, we've had we had like thirteen guys go to Division One. First year, like one went to KU, and he was like all Big Big Eight back then. We had one go to Stanford, and he was all Pack Ten. And then we had one go to Alabama, Al Bell, and he was all SEC. And then myself went to Arkansas and was all first team all SWC. So you just don't do that even at JUCO when you have that that type of impact on four major.
0: Oh yeah, you know. Well, that's, a, that's that that's awesome. So. You went. You won a national championship. You obviously had your pick. I mean, from what I read, it looked like you had a lot of people recruiting you
3: after. Yeah, they said they said I was the number one JUCO lineman in the
0: coming out. So, as the number one JUCO lineman in the country, I'm sure you got your pick. You can go wherever you want, right? Right. I, I had my picks, but. The, the thing that happened with me
3: is I was transferring in that semester in January and our bowl games, Coach Foster wouldn't let us go take visits during the season. Our bowl game ended like December 7th.
2: Hmm.
3: So, I had to hurry up. I only could take three visits because everybody was out of school because I had to be enrolled in January. So, so it came down. At first, I wasn't not gonna take a trip to University of Arkansas because those was one of the schools that kind of that kind of did me wrong in high school. I was not gonna take a visit. I did not take a visit to any school that I thought that you know that was recruiting me, and then decided not. I did not take any of those trips. And uh, a lady at Coffeeville, Barbara Jean Pilmeson, she was a a uh, alumni of Arkansas. She's mm-hmm. an English teacher, and, and she was over the cheerleader. And she's, she's a remarkable lady. Uh, Jesse Branch was coming to recruit me, and I would not talk to him. I would not talk to KU. I would <laughs> not talk to K-State. I did not talk to any of them. So if you said I held a grudge, yes, I did. <laughs> okay? Oh I boy. did hold a grudge.
1: Oh, yeah. Can't blame you one bit. <laughs>
3: Because I was very upset about the way I was treated then, and uh, but Miss Pendleton asked me to please talk to him, and I she she called me out of class. I never forget to to uh you know to tell me if she could I would I please talk to Coach Branch, and I was like ah, but out of respect for her, I talked to her. I talked to Jesse Branch. And um, I guess, you know, I guess the old used car salesman me, got me <laughs> for loving, me. <laughs> loving Arkansas. And one of you know, he told me it wasn't his. Because he recruited me out of high school, too. Okay. So it wasn't like I wasn't familiar with Jesse French. Okay.
0: Now, now so, he had to have a reason. Now he had to come with you with an excuse, didn't he? Exactly.
3: Because I was not listening to any excuses. You know and I mean? He said it was the other regime, which Holtz. And all that, so I decided to take a trip. Now, here's the funny thing. Remember, I only had three trips, right? hmm My three trips were to University of Maryland. <laughs> okay? Okay. Uh, Arkansas and University of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Those were the three trips. And the reason I took the Maryland trip is because Bobby Ross was a coach. Mm-hmm. And I went to school with his kids at Raytown South, because he was a Kansas City Chiefs assistant coach. Okay. So he knew me from my
0: wrestling days when I wrestled with his son. Well, okay. Just so, just to and, interject here, you did win well, a state championship when you was a wrestler, correct?
3: Yes, I was undefeated. Yes, I was. Yes, I was undefeated state wrestling champ. <laughs> so. <laughs>
1: so that was a good interjection chad (laughs) that That was good good time to break that out
3: so so i went to maryland you know because he knew me when i was like i said young and utmost respect for bobby ross and uh to be honest with you that's where i wanted to go and i came back home my parents Never inter- intervene in where I wanted to go. And says, my it's my decision. Mm-hmm. And uh, I came back, and I'll never forget this coach, Coach Dick Foster, the head coach. I uh, walked in his room. He was sitting behind his desk, and I looked down at him, and I said, Coach Foster, I think I want to – this is first trip. I want to commit to uh, Maryland. He looked up at me. He said, he said, heck, Bo." you too much of a mama's boy. <laughs> so, <laughs> he said, he said, your parents deserve an opportunity to see you play. Cause my parents never missed any football game I've ever played. Never missed a game. Yeah. And, and it's hard for them to go out to Maryland. Yeah. And then I went on. That's okay. So I took the Arkansas trip and uh, they tried to tell me to commit right then. And I said, no, yeah, I could have committed three years ago. you yeah, remember? God didn't want me. I'm taking my last trip. <laughs> okay. So I went out to Kentucky. The only reason I went out to Kentucky, because I had a teammate, Maurice Douglas, who was playing at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to go out there and say hi to him. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, and then when I went out there, I really didn't like it. And I knew I was, I was too far away from home, too. So I came back and recruited. And, and it's, a,
1: and it's a basketball school, you know, you don't want to play football in Kentucky.
0: Exactly. Yeah. They exactly. gave Bear Bryant a watch for winning a national championship. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that's when I committed to
3: Arkansas came back oh, wow. and it's probably the best decisions I ever made. You know. Well,
2: yeah,
1: Fayetteville's a know. lot lot closer than uh <laughs> Maryland. <laughs> Way exactly. over several states exactly. over so that's that's a pretty good reason I, I bet when he said coach. it you thought about it like yeah that's, that's a good point yes
3: yes coach, coach Foster was very wise and he uh, you know I use this when I'm helping kids to recruit same thing he told me he said you wherever you go you need to be happy and successful because if you're not happy you're not going to be successful if you're not successful you're not going to be happy so I always tell my players and stuff when they go, and I tell them, I can't make that call for you. You have to make that call, and you'll feel comfortable. And when I went on my recruiting trip to Arkansas, I felt right at home.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So that's the story there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> What's yeah, yet? that was a – I was about to say, did you, did you get to attend a uh, Razorback football game in Fayetteville or, or Little Rock uh, when you're – Looking at him. Oh. To choose Oh schooler. yes,
3: yes I did. Uh, matter of fact, Miss <laughs> Miss uh, Barbara Jean Pendleton <laughs> put me in her car. I remember now, I'm riding from Coffeeville as bunch of one lane, one horse lanes, <laughs> with like a seventy five year old lady, <laughs> and she's driving. <laughs> I, I I asked her probably ten times. you, you want me to drive? <laughs> so. She drove me to Fayetteville for a game, and we went to, I'll never forget, it was 1984, they was playing Texas A&M at at Razorback Stadium, and it was a cold and rainy day. And I said, I am not standing (laughs) outside in this. So I stayed in, I stood in the bronze complex up on the floors and looked at the games and stuff. So, yes, I did
0: come to a game. (laughs) <laughs> so you've you've seen the evolution from the '80s of the Arkansas Reservat facilities to where it is now, oh, yeah. and I know just the evolution of, of what we had when I was there to where it is now has has been insane. I mean, it's it's one of the best facilities in the SEC. Do you ever like walk on the campus and just say, "I can't believe how big and fast." You know everything's growing, or did it seem like, you know, it just went at a, you know, at a natural pace.
3: Well, here's what I say. I, I say people. I tell people this all the time. When I came here, I said once what was once new is now old and gone. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's gone. A lot of stuff when I was there is totally gone. I mean, it's in your memories or you got pictures of it. And and, and they did a wonderful job with the stadium. They did a wonderful job with the facilities. One thing that I did uh, two years ago when I went to a game, you know, uh, when NCAA got rid of the athletic dorms,
2: mm-hmm. you
3: know, right across from the football stadium is where we used to stay at. That was that was the athletic dorm of, of Bud Walton and Wilson Sharp was right there. And I was standing there looking at it, and I saw these Greek letters hanging out. And I think I got sick to the pit of my stomach because my home is now frat house.
1: <laughs> and that was and that was prime location to, to walk right across the street to the exactly. practicing games. My goodness, why would they ever do that? Why would they ever change that? Well, they moved it I up know, to
0: Maple, was... just on top of the hill. Yeah, so. and it's hey, that so was new for there me too. Be...
3: Hey, that was prime for me because I could just run out my dorm and run up behind the Union, and I'm up on campus mm-hmm. for class. It was, it was a great location, and I mean, it was a great, it was a great dorm. And like I said, now I see it. I just like I I just got sick when I saw it. You know, that was a frat house.
0: <laughs> I couldn't believe it. <laughs> oh goodness! So you have committed. You you coming to the University of Arkansas? Ken Hatfield's the coach. I mean, they're having really good years. Uh, he's he's uh, we we've we've been winning a lot in the southwest conference um you know it was just it was almost like a a given we were going to get several wins at the university of arkansas at this time at least that's you know how i always felt about it i was pretty young at that time but uh is that kind of how you felt moving in did you was it like you just knew well, when, like it was going to be a decent year
3: when i came in they were they were losing uh uh Ira Wells, and um, um, uh, Marcus Elliott and guard. So that's what they were recruiting me for, mm-hmm. to come in and play guard. I played tackle at Coffeyville. And uh, I said, okay, because I knew I wasn't tall enough to play
2: mm-hmm.
3: uh, tackle. So I was, I was fine moving to guard. If I was really smart, I should have moved to center. <laughs> then I could play three positions. You know, Mm -hmm. so, but I wasn't smart enough to figure that out till after I was done. So they moved me there and they, they started me out. You know, I always tell people in the winter back then, I used to put on my winter coat, I would call it. So I was probably wearing, you know, back then, if you weighed over 290, Mm -hmm. uh, it was, You wasn't you wasn't gonna play at University Arkansas. They wanted me down in weight and stuff like that. Okay. So I was had to lose weight. They put me on a training table that me, I think me, Buddha, Big John, someone else, Lynn Norm, I forgot, said it was too fat to be a hulk. I'll never forget that. (laughs) (laughs) That's what they called it. So we had to eat this special training table and stuff. But I never lost weight during the spring because I always lose my weight. In the summer. So they put, I wound up being first team. And like I said, I weighed at 295 then and I went home. I didn't stay for summer school.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And when I came back, I was 250. Okay. I was ready to go then. I mean, I, I, I in the winter, I always put on a little extra weight, okay. Yeah. But I was I was ready to go, and like I said, one of the funniest stories well, it wasn't funny to me because I was a little I was a little perturbed. Uh, so I wound up being first uh, first team in the spring. Came back in the preseason first team. The week leading up to the uh, Ole Miss game, first Division One game I ever ever played. The offensive line coach told me uh, he wasn't sure if he was going to start me because I uh, never played in front of 60,000 people.
2: Hmm.
3: I kind of looked at him like, what what do you mean? So I said, uh, no, I did everything you asked me to do. I think I earned the right to start. He said, "Well, we're going to talk about it." To... So I kind of, I was kind of perturbed. Uh, actually, I was pissed
2: off. Yeah,
3: <laughs> <probably>. <laughs> was. Okay, so that night, Georgia was playing uh, Alabama, and y'all can look it up where Al Bell was playing and Frank Bros was doing the commentary. Al <laughs> Bell was my teammate from Coffeeville we won a national championship with and, and Alabama recruited me too at the same time but I ch- I chose I probably should take the Alabama trip instead of the Kentucky trip but, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway Al Bell had a great game caught the game winning TD it was like player of the game I was in my room going crazy so the next day we was getting ready to leave. We was getting ready to, uh, uh, I was was getting ready to leave and stuff. And I walked past coach, coach's office, stopped, and I leaned back in and I said, "See Al because they Arkansas recruited Al Bell too. Did you see uh, Al Bell last night?" He said, uh, "Yes, I did. He had a great game." I looked at him and I said, "Yes, he did." he he never played in front of sixty thousand people before either. And I walked away. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so these <need laughs> to say I wound up starting playing.
0: Against <laughs> so, now you're you're starting against <laughs> Old Miss at Old exactly. Miss. Oh yeah. I watched the highlights and there was one touchdown and I I believe it was for uh Tony Holmes, and you just cleared the hole. And let me tell you what, for anybody that went back and watched these games in the 80s, you got to go watch them because it's a different level of athleticism. You talking about firing off the ball, you just don't see it like you guys were doing it or the defense coming at y'all. Right,
3: right. I've always prided myself on if I can't get a yard, I don't need to be playing, and we don't need to win the game. Mm-hmm. That that was my that was my mentality, you know. It, it, I want I want wanted everybody. To, I wanted the coach to call my number behind me, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And uh, it's like you know, I was tell you, I'm on a train track, and I'm going this way. Mm-hmm. Whatever's in my way, <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> take. <it. laughs> I didn't care, and that and that's what the mentality. And we had some, we had some really good offensive line, especially in '85. Oh yeah, '85 was was a was a great offensive line. Uh, David Mc, Chris Beckett, Andy Upchurch, Center. Uh, you had Dale Williams, left tackle. I mean, those guys were were awesome, and I I just fit in with them. I mean, they were. You know, the three seniors we had up there was awesome. hmm
0: So. Yeah, and, I, you know, what I thought was, like, the physicality of the game, and, of course, you're running a, a wing tee at the time, you know, um, and you got, I, I don't know, its it, it was just, I think the physicality and the, the you know, the brains you have to have to be able to run that uh, be an offensive lineman in that scheme there's so many different things that you have to know to do with that many backs in the backfield you know um so yeah it was it's just it's really impressive to watch
3: well we used to say they know what we're going to (laughs) do I can remember Grant Taft from Baylor. I think he put out the week we play Arkansas, the coaches get to go home early because there's no secret what we're going to do. It's a triple option. I mean, it's, <laughs> you have to defend it, you know, and uh, I mean, you know, when they wind up in a uh, uh, even front 4-4 or 4-3, what they did and they put those guys right – Head up over being the guard and the other guard, you know what they're gonna do.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> it's
3: just just it's imano imano right there. So, I mean, he had to know the front what what to do on each play and all that. But it was it was definitely fun. It was a chess game, and you know, uh, I still remember our goals. You know, our goals were for our offense was forty minutes or forty points. You know, and I still I still believe if we held the ball for 40 minutes, we're going to win the game. If we score 40 points, we're going to win the game.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, I mean, more times than not, we did. And when we did win a game, it was because we didn't hold the was because of those two things.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? Well, you only so, lost two games that year, one to Texas and one to Texas A&M, which...
3: Yeah, that, that's... That Texas game still kind of haunts me a little bit.
0: You got your payback cause. the next year, though, when y'all went <laughs> down there and was on ESPN and everything. Yeah, but
3: that one in '85, I think, mm. ranked number four in the country at that time. You are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we was in the we were, and then the one, two, three, and then four lost. That, was that upset Saturday, what happens every year. Mm. And uh, you know, we missed three field goals. They wasn't very long field goals. I think we're still the only ever to score two touchdowns and lose a game. You know, the Texas field goal kicker kicked five field goals that game, and we missed three.
0: And it was 13 and 15, so that tells the the whole story right there.
3: (laughs) Yes. Yes. And and that was the first time they opened up the stadium. That was the new upper deck with a scoreboard in the the press box. Mm -hmm. That was the opening of the new stadium. Oh wow! That was the that was on ABC, and they just you know they completed the upper deck for that. So, yeah. So it kind of, it just it rubs me the wrong way. And,
1: and out of any way. team to 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 lose to to be Texas too. So, oh, oh yeah. God.
3: Yeah, That's, that was that I hate Texas. Yeah, and that A and M game was on ESPN, and like I said, that team. And I'll, since the Ole Miss game, I think they had a rushing touchdown.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Our defense that year never allowed another
0: rushing touchdown the rest of the year. Oh wow! And we got who we got on defense? I know we got Steve Atwater on defense. Mm-hmm. Well, then you had
3: uh, you had Raven Caldwell, play with the Washington Redskins, got mm-hmm. two Super Bowl. Greg Lasker at safety, and Steve was behind who uh, played with the uh, New York Giants, got a Super Bowl ring. Um, you had Kevin Wide, You had Nick Miller that played. Uh, Wide played with San Diego. Nick played with Cleveland Browns. Wow. You had Basil. You had Basil, David Dudley. Uh, yeah, you, you had uh, Tony Cherico on there and Jerry John, uh, Gerald Jones on there. I mean, yeah, we had, we had some good players, you know. Mm-hmm. So, oh they, yeah, they did a great job. You know, you had a yeah, you know, you just had some really, really. I mean, we had some great players. So, an offense. Yeah. You look at it. You got Bobby Joe Etman over there. You know, uh, James Shebest was wide receiver. You know, Donnie Centers. Uh, yeah, Terry Tatum, James Rouse. Carl Miller, uh, Marshall Foreman, Derek Thomas. So. <laughs> so yeah, we, had some, we had some good, we had some players.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's picking, have to pick your poison in that, in the option.
3: Yes. Yes, she did. So, mm-hmm. I mean, because if you mess around, she best will catch, will catch a BB in the dark. <laughs> you know.
0: <laughs> so that, 85-year, what's the what's the most memorable game? Was it the Arizona State game where you go to the bowl game, holiday ball that year, and you win by one point? Or was there another game that really stood out to you?
3: Well, the Arizona State game, because for me, <laughs> there's an undercurrent with that game with me. Okay. Because University of Tulsa was recruiting me heavily. And they were upset because I wouldn't even talk to them. Because I told them, I, 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 I wasn't, I said, in 1984, y'all won 10 games. Y'all was 10 and 1. And y'all didn't even get invited to a bowl game. The only game they lost to was the Arkansas. And you didn't go to a bowl game. I don't think I want to come to a, you know, <laughs> where you went and you don't even go to a bowl game. And the head coach at the time was uh, John Cooper. So, so you know, he said I was trying to big time on myself. Okay, well, now I'm not coming. So he wound up getting the head coaching job at Arizona State.
1: Uh, oh, okay.
3: <laughs> so, so, so all the years at Tulsa when he used to lose to Arkansas. So here he is now playing Arkansas, and here I am playing over there. And he, you know, so. And then the guy that when I went to my Kentucky trip was a uh, Skip McClendon, and uh, he played at Butler County, so we was rivals. He's playing at Arizona State. Both of us decided to go to our prospective schools on our recruiting trip at Kentucky. He decided to go to Arizona State. I decided to go to Arkansas. So he's playing. He's playing in that game. So and to watch John Cooper trying to rush that ball down the goal line and our defense holding them out and for us to win and then to have Kendall Trader kick that field goal in, in the last minute of the game I'll never forget I was out there remember Arizona State player I'll never forget what he said to me he said that's the reason y'all not in the cotton bowl because y'all can't make a field goal <laughs> oh no! Oh, no! <laughs> That's what he said. Oh, okay. and, and, and Kendall Trainer drilled it right down the middle, and that was you know pretty from a erratic kicking game. You know, kind of sauce not make you know could have made the Cotton Bowl to there because you know back then you didn't have you didn't have all the like I was watching today the uh, walk home where uh, well you had the Independence Bowl but you didn't have very many bowl games so. We had you had to get what you can get, <laughs> so, but that was a very rewarding uh, game for us. You know, to come back against the caliber team of Arizona State. Team. You know, because they 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 put some guys in the NFL too from that team. <laughs> from well, uh, what was his name? Uh, Randall Randall uh, say Randall Daniels McDaniel's offensive oh, guard from oh, Minnesota.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for the yeah. Vikings. Yeah, oh yeah. gosh, yeah.
3: Yeah, he was on the team, and then Fletcher, the DBs, and Skip to play at Cincinnati. And I mean, they had some pros on their team too. (laughs) So, oh, and Dan Salamua that played with the Chiefs. He was in nose guard. You know, so yeah, they they had some pros on their team too. So,
1: yeah, that's a that was a battle, eighteen to seventeen. I mean, that's a (laughs)
3: yes, yes, yes. So that was awesome.
1: Yeah, that has that has to feel good winning a bowl game to, to end the year. Especially yes. especially knowing you have another another year to build off too.
3: Right. I mean I, I you know, I came in Arkansas, so I wanted to win a national championship. That's yeah to me. And mm-hmm. you know, I and I never we finished twice two years in a row in conference and finished in the top twenty. Never won a conference championship, which still bothers. Because we were good enough to, to win. <laughs> mm-hmm, sure. They just didn't have it, you know. You know, because like I said, you lose to uh, Texas and you lose to A&M with, uh, by six
0: points, you know. Well, you guys were kind of the... You, you're the foundation of the championships that um, Ken Hatfield was able to win at the University of Arkansas because he didn't win one until... 88, 89, and and then in ninety-four. So, right. He, he said, like, if it wasn't for your level of play and what you brought to the university, he would have never been able to build up to that to that point.
3: Well, I would I would think so. I would hope you. I would hope so because I had one of my teammates. I always go to Dallas in the summer. Goes a bunch of my teammates: Greg Thomas, Donnie Sanders, Johnston, you got a bunch of guys we'll we'll always go down and hang out with them, Mm -hmm. Uh, Nate White down in Dallas for a week before I start my football season here so i go down and hang with them and Donnie Sinners told me something last year that I never thought of he said when I came there I brought a little different edge to what the offensive line needed and I was like what? He said, "Yeah, you you had a little chip on your shoulder when you came," and I was like, "I did, <laughs> okay." <laughs> so, but he said, I, "He said that's what they needed," and I was like, "Okay, well, if you said it, I guess you must be right because you were there before I before I was there." You know, so so I mean, I always which which I I really appreciate him saying that.
0: I think that you have to have some kind of a chip on your shoulder to be successful at the University of Arkansas, whether it's to be a player, a coach, or whatnot. Because it seems like no matter how much success the University of Arkansas has, (coughs) there's always this belief that they're not really that good among the nation. Or at least, and maybe that's just from a guy who grew up in Arkansas and has been a fan his whole life and worked at the university. Maybe it's just a a skewed view, but that's kind of how I've always felt. Well, yeah. I mean, like I said, it was, I
3: thought it was good, you know, being the only team not in the Southwest Conference that wasn't from Texas.
2: Mm
3: -hmm. Because we recruited some great players from Texas. Because we played... They they got to go home, <laughs> so
0: <laughs>
3: that was pretty good for them. And I really didn't see it until I saw a bunch of parents after the game, and they were very happy. Yeah, and and like I said, back then, I think we could we could have competed with any team in the country, and we would have held our own. Oh, we agree. wouldn't be giving up fifty points a no. game. No, we wouldn't. We would have been, uh, you know, when you listen to the fight song, and then it says fight, fight, fight. We would have fought all the way to the end, mm-hmm.
2: and
3: and and, it, and we never would have quit. That. So, I'm a firm believer in that,
1: yeah. I think any uh, any time in the Razorback football, um, it's the best teams you always had. You could tell it was it was about that. What you say in the fight song, it's kind of <laughs> you know, fighting hard till the finish, and you can tell it too.
3: Mm-hmm. carry on with all your might That it, it means something mm. when you, you say it I mean we've said the song we sung the song every game after every game we won I, I was sitting there talking to some players down Little Rock Missouri game I said I been some of these kids don't even know the fight song they only won four games in two years I mean, I, I I mean, only way I only way I learned it was to sing it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know.
1: You know, you're gonna have to after the win, say. So.
3: Exactly, and, <laughs> and 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 we look forward to singing it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I mean, but I think I really think Coach Pittman is gonna
0: get it turned around. Yeah, I think so. I think so too. So you're moving into the 19. 19- 86 season at this point uh-huh. and, and this is your last season at the University of Arkansas so what's that what's that transition from the 85 to 86 you guys feel like I'm sure y'all feel like hey we're, we got a chance to win a national championship especially after the big bowl win all the games are close even the ones you lost the year before right, right. I mean I'm <laughs>
3: I'm going to tell you a story that happened I'll never forget during two days and I we were at the training table we just got through practicing in the morning it was lunchtime and we had one of our players sit there I guess he's he was from Little Rock he said hell Oklahoma's going to win the national championship and I looked up and I got livid I said, so what am I doing out here? Tell me what I'm doing out here. Because that's that should be our goal. And not cheering for someone. So I was I was a little perturbed and heated at that player. So he I mean, put it like this. He heard my wrath. <laughs> he heard it. And I wasn't <laughs> and I wasn't nice about it. You know, because uh, to me, I'm here to win. The reason I came to the University of Arkansas not to go to Missouri or anybody else, I wanted to play in bowl games and I wanted to have a chance to win a national championship. Those are the two reasons I came.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And, if, and if 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 some, some guys wasn't on that same page, but he was a player that didn't play very much. But to say that, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
3: it got under my skin. I don't blame. <laughs> so so but yeah, I mean when we like I said we stubbed our toe against uh, Texas Tech at, at uh, up here. Yeah. In Fayetteville. It, and that, that that was I still remember that day. It was like we were staying out of Don Hill, some resort, and nothing woke up. We was late getting up, getting to dinner, getting to breakfast, getting to the stadium guys were still half sleep. It was just mm. a nightmare of a game. So, I mean that's just one that just got away.
0: And we you kinda know, had that, Texas Heck's number at this time. Like that was a team that we pretty routinely beat, correct? Correct. Correct. It was just it
3: was it was just a bad day and a bad game. I think it was seventeen to seven.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: i mean it it's it just we never got on track all game
0: well the, the way the first good. of that year worked out you know you came out and you just you beat Ole miss 21 to0 shut him out and then it's 34 17 42 11 34 17 I bet y'all figured we're just gonna go in here and roll through Texas Tech you know no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie i did
3: think that mm-hmm. i did think that i mean i i i've never I think that was the one and only time in my life I've underestimated the team, and uh, after that, never again in anything else I've ever did because <laughs> in my life, coaching or anything, because of that game. Right? There.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And it, it shouldn't have happened, you know. And then the Baylor game, they just kind of, they just had revenge. From the year before, when we knocked them out when they was undefeated, so I think they just <laughs> they just had our number a little bit.
1: <laughs> and the impressive thing, though, you know, with those losses, but the very next weeks, you know, the first time you go at Texas and win, and then the next time you get or you beat A and M the next week, so y'all bounce, y'all did a heck of a job bouncing back and not letting those. Well, yes, still having a, you know, a nice yes. year, but
3: if you you had pride and that's what they recruited us we were the kids they recruited us there you're going to bounce back you know and that A&M game was very special game because that was my last game in Little Rock Mm
2: -hmm.
3: this was the first year I've been back to War Memorial Stadium since 1986 when I went down to Missouri game (laughs) okay so that's the first time I'm walking into that stadium since and uh beating A and M there and ended my career playing in, in Little Rock in Fayetteville. That was that was very meaningful since you since you had a uh, Kevin Murray whose son now plays with the Arizona Cardinals, <laughs> you know, beating him. You know, and uh AM was undefeated at that time in conference they were steamrolling through the conference to upset them that
1: day. I saw they were number seven. I was like, that's a pretty good... And then having the revenge from them from last year, kind of like...
3: Yeah. Yeah, Because I know, I'm going to be honest with you, the way Baylor, the way we beat Baylor the year before, and the way Baylor beat us in 86, I had the same uh, intensity to beat A and M that game, like you know, because from the year because of the year sure. before,
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know, and I think everybody on that team had the intensity to beat them because that was one game where you you could probably look at everybody's eyes before the game, and you 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 could tell, you know, yeah, I mean, we're gonna leave it all out there, you know, so I mean, that was. Yeah, that that was one of my well, that was one of my favorite games, you know. Oh, and if you wanna go go back to the SMU game, that's pretty cool too. <laughs>
0: now a... I was gonna ask you, is this pre death this is pre death penalty, right? This is that's their this, number eleven in their... the nation. They're cheating, they got all the best players, right? No, no, no. This I think they were sixty six
3: though. Six the walls was crumbling down on them. That was their last game before they went on the death penalty.
0: Oh, so it was and, and okay. It,
3: yeah. So if you look at if you look at pony 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 excess,
2: mm-hmm.
3: if you ever look at that, and when you see the Arkansas game on there, you'll see seventy eight. I'm up there fighting in that. <laughs> 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 so, and I was going against Jerry Ball. You know, and, and you know he played with the Detroit Lions and
2: mm-hmm.
3: played with the Raiders. And I was going up against him the week before. I've never missed a practice in my life ever. Uh, during the A and M game, I got rolled up on my knee,
2: Ooh.
3: and my knee swelled up like a like a watermelon. It's, it was it was huge, and uh. Dean uh, Trainer and everything I had to, I had to try. It. I couldn't even walk on it Sunday, so I couldn't even practice all week. So I'm getting treated stuff. Mm-hmm. Finally, it's coming through. Uh, Thursday, I'm out there hobbling through it. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> I mean, you know, Friday, you know. Uh, still wasn't good and they were still thinking about not playing me starting me remember I've never not started I started 48 straight games during oh, wow. college wow. to uh, Arkansas I never I started ever
0: that's impressive
3: so that was important to me to start <laughs> you know <laughs> so I did anything and everything I had to do to get out there on the field and play and then I was going against my arch enemy uh, Jerry Ball hmm. So, so I had to go against him, and I had a pretty good game. that Game, so, so, so yes, yeah, so and we beat him forty-one to nothing. Mm-hmm. So that, that was, that was pretty. You know, then what in uh, February? They dropped the hammer on, you know, death penalty.
1: Mm. Did Did they know they were gonna get it? Because that forty-one to nothing, or y'all just y'all just whipped them I, up and down from start to finish.
3: I had no idea. They looked like they did not want to be there. That
1: day.
3: <laughs> I mean, it was like it, it was almost like they was going to a, to a funeral, of their own. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was in the air. <laughs> it was yep. in the air. I mean, death was upon them. <laughs> it was it was coming.
1: Y'all probably could have put up sixty or seventy against them.
3: <laughs> we that, I got pulled in the third period. Oh, they wow. pulled me in the third period. Okay, Okay. you know, so they didn't want to, I mean, there was no need for me to be out there anymore. (laughs) Everybody got to play. Everybody got to play. They pulled Greg Thomas, too, so they pulled everyone. I mean, it was like, wow, you know. But I I will say the next game when we got destroyed by Oklahoma, I I always said our team wasn't built to have – Almost a month and a half off, two months
2: mm.
3: to be off. You know, because you you play in November, the next thing you know you're off in December or a month off,
2: mm-hmm. and
3: then go and play a team like Oklahoma. I mean, we didn't have the horses like Oklahoma.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, so we talk
0: about being rusty all the way around. So and yeah, it's a January first. That's a New Year's bowl game. That's a huge game. I mean, for yes. for this era of football, this is one of the pinnacles yes. of, of yes. football. Everybody's trying to get there. You're number nine in the nation, and you're playing the number three team in the nation, and I'm sure there had to be some feeling like we should be we should be ranked higher number nine in the nation, like, going into this game. The Orange Bowl in Miami, On NBC, just a huge game.
3: Yeah, we was the only thing on. You know, that was that when you, you know, we were the only team on that night. Game on. That was the only game on that night. Because the next night they was going to play the, the two nighters were going to play the Fiesta Bowl with Miami and Penn State. So, you know, that was that was the first like national championship. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: So. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm not saying we're not a 42 to eight game with them. I mean, we had like seven interceptions, turnovers, sacks. It was terrible. Mm-hmm. It was like we we couldn't get out of our own way that night. I mean, it was it was people that I, I'm looking at. Like, what are you doing? Do what you, are you?
0: I mean, I, <laughs> do you feel like the the Florida Heat took a toll on you going from? Arkansas playing in snow and, and everything else in that type of environment, very very cold environment, down to 85, 90 degree heat. I don't like was we you guys cramping and week. stuff? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no,
3: nobody was. I mean, it was it was a cool it was a cool night. I mean, it wasn't. Okay. It wasn't. It was just. It was just some bad people out there playing some bad football
2: because.
3: <laughs> To this day, I have never watched that game all the way through. I still have not watched that game all the way through. I've watched bits and pieces of it, but I have not watched the game all the way through, ever. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's really, it's really, it's really painful for me. You now, with me, and I, and I probably, I. I've been like this since I was a kid. Uh, I hate losing. There's two things worse Mm -hmm. than losing, sick or dead. That's, that's kind of the way I've been since I was a little kid. (laughs) And I hate it. And and my parents used to say I was a bad sport. Eh, Well, yeah, (laughs) because I I just, you know, I just hate to lose. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that that just sticks in my crawl because I just know I've never I've never been a part of a game where I I played it where I got beat like ever and I didn't like it I still don't like it <laughs>
0: so. I don't blame you I don't blame you at all I, there the one game in particular that I've never been able to bring myself to to watch besides watching it on the sideline is the uh, Sugar Bowl uh, where. We drop back and Ooh. throw an interception to the defensive end dropping out into the flats and right you know should have right. been a scoop and score scoring and a win And I just i just can't bring myself to watch it
3: that was against Georgia right
0: that was against Ohio, Ohio State. State
3: Ohio State I'm sorry Ohio State I'm about to think of the colors Ohio State mm-hmm. yeah where they yeah where they was selling uh Tattoos and all that. So, yeah.
0: So, <laughs> yeah, it was. So we'll
1: punish them next year, is what they.
0: We'll, uh, yeah, we'll tristons. punish them next year. Yeah. Say as a team. Yeah. As a team, we, we were all happy about that because we didn't want to play them without their best players. You know, the, right. like nobody wanted that. You know, the coaches yeah. didn't want it. The players didn't want it. So, and we should have won that, hey, that We just we came out lackadaisical for the first quarter. Took us a minute to get into the routine, which I, I don't understand why, because we played in much bigger environments than that. Uh, even the A and M game, I felt like was a bigger environment than that. But you know, at Jerry World with the Jumbotron, and,
1: and there's a lot of Hog well, fans there, so it wasn't a it wasn't like oh, you're going on the road to Ohio State.
3: Well, 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 Maybe, maybe, maybe it was bad from the Corey toss when they bring out Archie Griffin and we bring out Jay Beckett. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess like okay.
0: <laughs> do, do you remember that? <laughs> I do, I don't I don't I was I don't know I don't oh, I know I do. what I was doing during to, toying toss. So I was. It was I know
3: I do because I was watching TV and I was like, mm, two time Heisman Trophy winner. And I, don't care. <laughs> I said, this is not going to be good. <laughs> That's what I said.
0: <laughs> Goodness gracious. I'm sorry, I just had to say it. No. That's
3: just something I remember. <laughs>
0: hey, if you're a Razorback fan, you're used to those sorts of things. There's there's little things that happen, and you're like, oh, man, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, Wow.
3: Because I got my teammate. We was watching and we was like... We just was just texting back and forth. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, y'all should have won that game. You know, but i tell you one game that I'm... You know, where y'all uh, beat K-State.
0: Oh, yeah.
3: You know, and one of my uh, players played on the K-State team. Uh, Brian Hertzog, he's one of the best players I've ever coached. You know, but, mm-hmm. but I'm... You know, that was... That was good. We had some, we had some good runs right there. I tell you,
0: you know, you know, it's speaking about your coaching. You now you've you've been a high school coach for some time, and in, in Missouri, you've won four state championships. You're a coordinator up there. How has your playing time affected your your coaching? Well,
3: I I'll tell you this. I've been coached hard by Dick Foster. He's one of my best coaches. Coach Mike that I've, my Juco coaches were the best in the world and they were tough, you know and uh, I'm going to always be honest with my players you know because at Arkansas there was one thing that I still haven't figured out after 30 something years, 38 years 40 years, whatever it's been during my time there They used to tune me in and out For some reason And I never understood that And uh I got I always got was uh It was best for the team But when I watched the film I'm not I'm not I'm not a dummy when it comes to watch film Because I used to watch film all the time on my opponents I was, I was an avid film watcher <laughs> Back then and, you know, I still am but I didn't understand that and they never gave me the, the correct answer because when you're all Southwest Conference first year it, I thought I was probably one of the best players on offense so I didn't understand that so I always going to communicate with my players of why something is happening and why you may not be playing
2: mm-hmm.
3: and the reason I'm always going to be honest and truthful with them. I think you get more out of them when it be honest and truthful with them. And they don't and they don't leave, they don't go away with a bad taste in their mouth.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, I mean, I, I don't leave. I don't like leaving stuff hanging or dangling. We need to clear the air. I always have an open door policy with any of my players or anything. And and I think you know at the end of the day I I hope they respect me for it, and you know they know that I love them and I'm going to I'm always going to do what's best for the team.
0: Well, I I think they probably definitely they definitely respect you. You're, you're you're probably one of the most respected players and and coaches that that I've met and uh you know I, I've you. always held a lot of respect for you. Uh, just the way you carry yourself and your work ethic and and uh, the the time you spent at the University of Arkansas, and, you know, since you left, you've been a huge, you know, a huge fan of the University of Arkansas. And, you know, I, I all I can say is I appreciate that, and uh, you know, as a fan, uh, I, I just think it's it's amazing, and uh, you know, I appreciate your support of the program also because without alumni support, you know, that it wouldn't be what it is. So,
3: right, and like I said, I will. You cut me a little pig's gonna run out. I am a Razorback, <laughs> true and true. And uh, I, my my brother, uh, he walked on at the University of Missouri. So it, it's kind of a house divided mm. here, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh, so I mean, but I am a diehard Razorback, and I went there because I fell in love with him in 1982, and that, and I've never stopped loving. So, you know, and I try to get back every year for the, for the spring, for the reunion Mm -hmm. and and fellowship with the players and, and everything.
0: And it's just a good time. Absolutely. So, yeah, I can't let you go without you telling us a story about going over and playing with Bill Walsh and, and your career in the NFL and, and how that came to fruition (laughs) <laughs> well, it's like that, a movie that, script. It really is.
3: Yeah, but it's it wasn't the way I wanted it to mm. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's um, there's some stuff that happened to me at the University of Arkansas that probably cost me uh playing. Uh playing standing in the NFL. And it probably stemmed from when I told that one coach that uh, I've never played, never played in front of 60,000 people before <laughs> <laughs> I think it goes back to that <laughs> where some stuff where my senior year, some things some things I was asking questions that they probably thought I shouldn't have been asked hmm. so they didn't like that <laughs> but I, would, I was on on a mock draft thing I was projected third round pick okay
2: mm-hmm.
3: I messed up in school okay me nobody else fault but mine okay so I wasn't in school second semester of 1987 so that's my fault and that's one thing I'm very I'm very strong on academic with my players. I don't. I don't play around with the academics, you know, because of of my struggle. So I don't. I don't. I learned that. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to tell my players. I don't care if you flunk out of school. I got my two years out of you. I will never tell my players. <laughs> okay. yeah. So. So obviously somebody told me. So. <laughs> Oh, wow. So I went and uh so what happened was so I got picked up free agent. They brought me in, then I got cut. So then the strike came up and asked me and I didn't wasn't sure if I was gonna cross it or what. Well dang, I'm delivering pizzas here. This right pocket says you, you might need to go. <laughs> so, so because I'm a I'm a I'm a diehard union kid. My dad worked for General Motors. My mom is a eighteen. So I'm a union family, and that was hard for me to do. But my dad gave me the blessing because of that. He was going to give me some money. So, <laughs> so, so. so I went on, and uh here's what happened with so I'm trying to lose weight and stuff and Bill Walsh came into the uh, uh meeting room I mean and he was just saying it was and this is a true story I probably shouldn't say it, <laughs> but at the end of the day they said they had a uh, Gotten reports about my attitude not being good, and they were skeptical of bringing me. And I was like, "Really? Well, if, if it's, it's, it's if if a bad attitude is 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 about wanting to win, then I'm guilty as charged. Because <laughs> that's all I ever want to do was win. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. I, you know, like I said." Two things worse than losing in my world is sick or dead, and I like winning too much.
2: Mm-hmm. And uh,
3: so, when uh, so he said I was, you know, so I, I hung on with them for you know uh, about about three months after strike was over. They kept me out there for like another month, and I was on like the um, uh, you know the one where you don't play. You know, basically beat the hamburger squad where I was just practicing, but what couldn't play.
0: Oh, the practice squad.
3: And the practice squad. But exactly. that's still
0: huge. I mean, that's huge. Like a lot of people work their whole lives to get any kind of NFL time.
3: But it it was great being out there with Joe Montana. <laughs> Joe Montana <laughs> took us to to his uh, to his uh, uh, restaurant and fed us this stuff. And uh, I got pictures with him, probably about five years ago. I emailed him. I got his email, and I sent him a bunch of pictures with me and him because I was going to do it for our auction uh-huh. up here at the school for our fundraiser. And he signed them for me.
0: Oh, that's awesome! Wow.
3: And sent them back to me. You know, Roger Craig, uh, Dwight Clark, and them—they—they—they they, they were some awesome dudes. Bill Walsh still. You know, you better look at it. On our coaching staff that yeah, you, you had Ray Mike Holgram, George Seifert, Bill Walsh, and, and Dennis Green. Wow. Wow. That was just that was a coaching staff. All head coaches in NFL.
0: That's amazing.
3: <laughs> yeah. And it was a class organization. I mean, I I wasn't. I wasn't prepared for for, for all of that. I'll be honest with you You know, I wasn't prepared for it. You know, I think once I started getting my my feet wet, okay, this is professional football now. This is what we. This is what they do here. This is how you know it goes. You know, because I never knew what, what what went on. But at the end of it, when they cut me, uh, I tried out with the Chiefs work out. and then I went try this arena ball in Las Vegas and then it folded and I just never as it's, it's like I never was I was too late for the USFL too early for the and, uh I was late for the USFL and then I was uh uh late I, was, I mean I was too old for the World League.
2: Hmm.
3: so it's just like oh that's my story of my life. That's you know, how people say that uh, when you hear people say, well, why'd you get cut? That's say, oh, I got... It. Well, i tell you the truth. I wasn't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay? <laughs> I just wasn't good enough. I didn't get hurt. I just wasn't I'm not going to sugarcoat it and try to say them. No, I wasn't. You know? Well, It was going back-to-back Super Bowl.
0: You were good enough to go and and play for three games and win every single one of them that uh, y'all were good enough to win the division that year. So that, that's yes. pretty impressive in my book. That, that's, mm-hmm. you know, not, not, there's a lot of people that want to step on the NFL field, step on the practice field, just be a part of it. And they've never had the opportunity to be a part of it anyway. So to make it there and well, be a part of it at all is, is impressive and awesome.
3: And I, I think it's amazing. Well, one of the stories, it was because it was, I wasn't a starter. I was doing special teams and stuff.
0: We mm-hmm.
3: was in Atlanta playing the Falcons. You know, it's NFL. Well, you know, in Arkansas, I can't stand on the sideline and wear a hat. Coach Hathaway ain't going to allow that. So, NFL, I'm standing on the sideline with my hat on. I'm like, you know, with my 49ers hat on. I'm just happy, right? Yeah. I'm just happy to be here. The guy in front of me got hurt. Oh! <laughs> and they called out my name. I said, "What?" Let me I said, "Oh Lord!" <laughs> Where's your helmet? <laughs> I know that's exactly what I. Did. I couldn't find my helmet, and I so I got my helmet and I run out there and then the You because know, you know Joe crossed the line. It's Joe Montana, Dwight Clark, and Roger Craig in the hunter. and I'm like, oh. So if nice. he gets hit, if I get, if he gets hit, they're going to send me back to Fayetteville. <laughs> <laughs> so I was the most holding this person you ever want to see. He cannot get touched. This man cannot get touched. That was my, that was my, uh, and he didn't. So I, I was, I was proud of that, you know. You know, because I was not... He was not going to get hit on my watch. <laughs> I'll say that. And he was just a... He was just an awesome guy. He really was. And then when when he was with the Chiefs, uh, I went down to Arrowhead, and they let me go all the way down into the locker room talk to him and stuff and all that. So, that was pretty cool.
1: That's pretty... That's real cool.
3: So... Yeah,
0: that's yeah. really neat. Yes. I think, you know... I don't know. That's just that's just a cool story. That you were, you know, delivering pizza, and it's like, hey, it's time for you to come up.
3: Yeah, that was like you, you have no idea how, in you know, you know what you you get humbled in life. You know, and and that episode humbled me. But I will tell you this, I, I understand. Uh, you know, later on, I've you know, I'll do what I had to do to, to, to survive. And I was like, you know, I wasn't too good to deliver pizza. I did what I had to do in order to, to feed myself mm-hmm. and try to do the, you know, you know, it's all my fault that I did not finish my degree there. That's my fault. And so I just said, you know, the, the Lord is looking at you in a certain way and telling you, you know, this is a little adversity in your life. How are you gonna How are you gonna cope with it? So, so, that's how I looked at everything. It was It was just a little adversity. What you gonna do?
1: Limbo. Speaking of uh, adversity, uh, the last couple of years, of Razorback ball, well, uh, you we kind of had just mentioned earlier. Uh, you had, but Sam Pittman. What do you think of the the new direction?
3: Well. I- Sam Pittman was one of my choices, had I said, right off the bat. Nice. And
0: I hit the jackpot on it. Yeah, yeah I can <laughs> verify that. You were talking about Pittman before it was cool, <laughs> and I was thinking, Pittman? What, really? What, what, what's anybody <laughs> talking about? I didn't say anything, but that's what I was thinking.
3: <laughs> yes, yes. I was saying him, and the next person I was saying was Willie Fritz from down in Tulane. Sure. Those were the two people that that I was wanting to see get the job. Okay, I have so I got Sam. I'm very happy with Sam. I was down and when I worked the camp with him. You talk uh, when uh, uh Coach Bulma was there. Sam Pittman is one of the down earth persons you ever want to meet. and uh his his intensity and emotion and upbeat. Is gonna is gonna have kids playing hard for him, you know, mm-hmm. and he's gonna go get them. Now, there's one thing that I wish he would do. I wish
0: he would get some Razorbacks on his staff. I really wish he'd bring play. in Tim Horton. And I think with, I Horton was a tight end on, on your teams too, right? He was a, no, he was a wide receiver. Wide receiver. Okay. He, you know, yes, I talked to Tim.
3: Pretty much, you know, every now and then he'll send me a Christmas uh, wish. Thank you, thank you, you know, and I hope he will come back, you know. Mm-hmm. I wish he'd come back. I also wish uh, I was in touch with him that wants to come back is Ron Dickerson Jr. Mm-hmm.
2: Remember
3: him? He played running back back there with Madre Hill now. Okay. Now he's okay. one of the coaches. He's a coach at Jackson State. He's mm-hmm. been around his day He's from Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. He came down. He was like all all SEC. I think he was on the team and won the first SEC championship game. I mean, champ, uh, went to the championship game. Yeah, Rod Dickerson Jr. Look him up.
1: Okay. Okay.
3: He wants to. Uh, he would like to come back because he wants to. Yeah, a bunch of Razorbacks that want to come back and help build that program.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And I just hope he gets a couple of guys that's been out there coaching like Tim Horton, like Rod,
2: mm-hmm. and bring them back. I hate
3: that Barry Lunny left,
2: mm.
3: you know, you know, because you know they, they know what it means to be a Razorback.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think it's it seemed Lunny only left because he knew in order to get an offensive, he had to go for the coordinator position. But I I bet I bet he was I bet he didn't want to leave too much. Besides. hmm. Yeah,
3: yeah, on I, I was just like, wow, you know, but, you know, he, he did a, those two games he coached, you saw a different team. You saw a different team. He brought the fight and back Spirit into him. Mm-hmm. And I think you just need more of those guys around, you know, like Barry Lunny, like a Tim Horton, you know, like In a Rod r- Jr.
1: The running back—I I don't think Pittman's name a running back coach yet. So I was, I was still holding out hope, hoping yeah, to get awesome. him over from Vanderbilt over there. So.
3: Yeah, I'm yeah. holding out hope. You know, I'm holding out hopeful. I mean, because I just think—I mean, I think it's okay. You know, but I think you need some Razorback blood mm. in the hallway. You know what I mean? I agree. With you. I, on the staff, I look at. I don't see any razorback blood. You know, it, it it means a lot to us.
0: You know what I mean? It, yeah. means, a, it means a lot to You know. Do you so think that D Max saying he won who he, he would coach running backs if he was asked, do you think that's a do you think that's viable or is that just wishful thinking on my part?
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the deal. I will always say this it's a lot different from coaching and playing.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> okay so I think you need to coach first before you jump in and coach I'm just saying that because mm-hmm. I have one of my players one of my one of my one of my one of my good friends here
2: mm-hmm.
3: and he played 10 years in the league and he came help coach me at high school and I was like oh you can't do that. You got contact. You know, I, you know, I said, they're not NFL players. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You have to be able to communicate with, with them, you know, Espe- at a different level.
0: Especially at high school. To me, yeah. um, the biggest difference, like coaching at the University of Arkansas, coaching in high school, is uh, the players in high school don't know anything. Like, they don't understand football. They don't know football. Even the guys that have been playing it since Pee Wee, they don't really right. understand. They don't really have a firm grasp on, you know, everything.
3: You're exactly right. Uh, I uh, was Greg, Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator at uh, the New York Jets, mm-hmm. that was the head coach, the interim head coach at Cleveland last year.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: well he's from up here in Kansas City area Celsius springs And we always go to listen to his clinics right here's what he said in one of his clinics I'll never forget because he was talking to a bunch of high school coaches and everything he said you guys teach them how to uh hustle how to play the game hard how to do this when they come to me I don't teach them that if you don't have it at this level by then, I'm not, I, I don't teach that. Mm-hmm. I teach X's and O's and how to get, if you don't have a motor, you're not going to make it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Because if you, I mean, you when you get to the NFL, if you don't have, if you don't have it, you're not going to stay. They don't have time. If You can't, you know, you got to be able to think on the run. And you got to hustle, and you got to be able to know what you're doing.
1: That's why you see so many, you know, first-round picks not make it, but a lot of seventh-round and undrafted guys with that grit. Make it, you know, bigger, make it into stars. And
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. Let me, I mean, I'll give you something when I was at JUCO. We had guys, back then, we only had 10 out-of-staters. We had like 22 out-of-staters. So I wasn't competing with the Kansas kids. I was competing with the out-of-state because we only keep 10 of them. Well, probably 10 of them were D1 offers, you know. Well, 10 of them got redshirted because they they were a bust in JUCO. They mm-hmm. could not have played at a Division One, okay. you know. So you just can't jump in and just just Division One players. Division One schools make mistakes too, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So some of them got Division One talent. They think they are, but they're not.
1: Yeah, because you get usually in the the. Uh... Guys going to Division One, they were the best, one of the best players, unless they're really in a good program. You know, right. they're the best player in their, on their team or even, you know, division or conference a lot of times.
3: But some of them come in and they become bust real mm-hmm. quick. You know, that's why they leave or, or stop football or, or something, you know, but they were supposed to be the best thing in their city or their, Town or wherever they come from. Mm-hmm. I mean, why is that? You know, there's mm-hmm. a reason why.
0: Exactly. Well, Coach, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Uh, I uh, hope we can do this again sometime. It, it was it was wonderful to hear your stories and, and get your insight, and uh, I just I just want to say thank you very much for coming on.
3: Well, I appreciate y'all having me. Uh, you know, um, I, I like I said, I'm honored that you that you asked me. So I really appreciate. it, I'm really humbled.
1: Yeah, it's been it's been a great. Uh, thanks for coming on. It's been really fun. A, re- a lot of great stories, and I bet I bet you got more. So last time, um, <laughs> well, yeah. last time you joined us, <laughs> because <is> <laughs> sounds like you got some <laughs> more in there. <laughs>
0: Be great. So. Well, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and go to commercial here and uh, we'll be right back.
1: Back to the Hog Call Podcast.
0: All right. Welcome back, everybody. i uh, seeing here that uh, we're going to be going to play indiana and we played uh valspro how do you say that tim how's that valparaiso valparaiso i know i'm not saying it
1: valparaiso right. actually i think i think i've always said it valparaiso and then uh i think somebody heard it. i was like no the right way is to say it's valparaiso which doesn't make any sense so valpo whatever it's, it's not important
0: so we missed Tulsa. So did was there anything that you wanted to? Say about Tulsa that we needed to say, and you wanted to to talk about because that's kind of the only thing is is the 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 lead up to Tulsa, I guess, and the, and the. I,
1: uh, I, I don't think so. It's not scoring ninety eight points. Yeah. Mason Jones had an incredible game, mm-hmm. um, but so, and we'll get into we that haven't. a little bit. But yeah. I didn't know if there was anything. There's there. other games. There's eighteen conference games plus Indiana and TCU. So there's. Plenty- uh, talk. that TCU did, or uh, Tulsa didn't stand out anymore
0: yeah yeah I didn't think you know there was much to say of the Tulsa game I think I, I came out again and complained about you know putting up 33 pointers and, and all that but you know that's about it but then <laughs> you did make a good point on that uh, last week when you were talking about it and I think that you know maybe we should touch on that real quick, but you were saying that, uh, uh, what was that you were saying about that? So, <laughs>
1: well, I'm not sure exactly what that...
0: I, Okay, uh, so, so yeah, uh, anyway, sense. so I was mentioning that they were putting up to 30, uh, that they put up 30 uh, three-pointers and they only hit 11. It, uh, you know, that, you know, we should try not to shoot as many in my opinion and this that and the other. And then you had uh you had said oh maybe it was you were talking about the percentage or something like that. Oh the, the couple pass. of bench
1: players that got in at the end, about, you know, shot a couple, so you take that off and it was just a I think we, you know, ended up taking those couple shots off the guys that wouldn't have played if we went not have won by twenty. Mm-hmm. Um and you make it about forty percent shooting threes and you take that thirty nine. Yeah, percent Yeah, yeah, it
0: makes it a uh, lot better. But it's just it's
1: just with this small team I mean, we just don't have a big man. If we just had to, had to just a big center, you know, and Adrio, bless him, man, you know, there's a um some stats uh, mm-hmm. uh, that came out and said Adrio was an efficient or defensive rating for his uh on his defense in the nation, so. Oh wow. Um, but he's just, you know, he's not he's, he's not like a 6'11 6'10 guy that's going to get you a bunch of points down in the paint, so we're really forced to kick it outside. And you've got, and you've got Jones and Joe, you know, pretty good solid three pointers, but not a whole lot beyond that. Seals every once in a while. You need him to need him to be the third three point shooter. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think this is going to be a forever, freeze, Chad. But also the the NBA kind of went to it a lot. But they but NBA has really a lot because players seven foot. Mm -hmm. or shoot threes in the (laughs) at a high clip so um yeah chad i think i think you're you're right and And it's also got 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 a reason for but you want to hit but they're capable of hitting
0: yeah and i think that's exactly what you were saying before and i just wanted to i just wanted to bring that out because to me that was like the most important part of of like what we talked about last week and then you know, Coach said he wanted to come out and, and speed up the tempo and, and play a little yep. faster. Mm-hmm. You're right, uh, that, uh, You know, we went down to North Little Rock and, and just barely won this game. Uh, so, goodness, you know, that's a, that's that's tough whenever you go down there and you're, and you're winning 72-68. But we also talked about, you know, uh, kind of got missed out last week was the uh, – how good this team was uh they're they're a lot better than you would think just by looking Mm -hmm. at uh -hmm. at their name and stuff they had some pretty high accolades
1: yeah they're they're pretty solid team Uh, they're going to compete in the conference that they play in Mm -hmm. and have a chance to you know if they win the conference tournament or uh, sneak into the, the big dance be a decent seed. but um yeah this game was uh, you know, we played good the first four minutes. Played good the last seven minutes. But in between, what you know, what what was it we were dragging? You know, Valparaiso had a decent lead. I mean, it looked there at the end, Chad, with what four minutes left, or, mm-hmm. or uh, I guess uh, you know more than that, maybe ten minutes left. They they took an eight point lead or so, and it looked like uh, maybe less than that. But it was, it was coming down to the nitty gritty. Mm-hmm. We might lose this game. Um, everybody bragged on the crowd, Little Rock. So nice, a good rowdy Little Rock crowd. For a you know a ten one basketball team, I bet I would I would really like to go to that game. Yeah, because um, um, you know how good Little our crowds are in football. Um, not only and when we have a good basketball team, they're they're rowdy down there too. So, you know, you had a big block by Adriel down the stretch on their big player we talked about, mm-hmm. um, and then Mason Jones hit two big threes at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he, he, uh, Bailey had that block on Javon and Freeman Liberty, their leading scorer, mm-hmm. um, their playmaker. They're gonna—he's gonna try to make a play a uh, big block there. One of his five blocks of the game,
0: which is which is really cool. So uh, Bailey got in; he got 27 minutes. Joe got 30, 38 uh, minutes. Uh, Seals got 19. Jones got 28. Wit got 37. Harris came in, got 31 minutes. Uh, Reggie Cheney got 12, and then uh, Silla got four minutes. So what I'm surprised at there is Sills. You see his minutes drop quite a bit.
1: Oh, oh, he he bruised his knee. Okay, because the game went on TV. Yeah, but uh, uh, that's what that's what must said. They didn't. Well, they didn't say it in the game. Either, actually, not even if it was on TV. They probably oh, he bruised his knee. No, uh, must to said that in the. Uh, Okay. Post game. I watched it and uh, uh, so so he was kind of he tried to come back in the second half, and it wasn't he had to go right back or he he didn't stay in very long. So mm-hmm. that's that's the reason for nineteen and hopefully with this eight days off, so you know Saturday all the way to Sunday, um, seven or eight days off, mm-hmm. or uh, just with practice and training and um, getting back that he'll be he'll be back to because we need him. <laughs> We're only playing as you see twelve seven much seal of four minutes don't really count you're pretty much playing seven deep we got to have seals be healthy he's such an aggressive player that he's going to get he's going to get banged up man
0: exactly and we didn't drop as many uh points in the paint as we normally do we didn't we didn't hit the uh the the you know two point conversion Rate at forty percent was not uh, where what what we've been seeing and what we're used to, and that's not where I see I think you see the point uh, differential there.
1: Yeah, sixteen points from the paint from us against thirty,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then you know uh, they've got twelve second chance points. We only got four. We're just not getting those offensive rebounds. We get we uh, we only lose rebounding by one rebound, 43 to forty three mm-hmm. to so Which is not bad, but not getting enough offensive rebounds or when we do not take an advantage of We did have more fast break points and only seven bench points, of course, in tr- uh, at least 18. But the, the points of the paint, we're going to have to find a way to get Bailey, the, uh, Bailey inside uh, um, with his, his uh, jump shot, his short, short jumpers in the lane, and also obviously Desi, Mason, and Isaiah driving to the basket mm-hmm. um, and getting some more points of the paint.
0: Uh, it says here, you know, we kept our fouls down, which is good. Uh, but did Coach got a technical in this in like a minute into the game?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, I think, no, that's, uh, that's uh, I think a minute left. in. Th-
0: a minute left in the game? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, good for him. So, or like a minute that. left
1: in the first half, I guess. Uh,
0: Throw a chair. Throw a chair out there.
1: He's a little fiery little guy. He's definitely, I mean, that fire. <laughs> so it's not its not ever. And it works. It works. So, yeah, I'd like to see him throw a chair. Just get really angry.
0: Yeah, just do what you got to do. Throw a chair. There ain't nothing wrong with that. Uh-uh. We need that kind of fire. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Anyway, but like you said, blocks, block shots. I mean, Bailey was just going crazy. Joe got a block shot. Sills got a block shot. Wit got a block shot. Like we were just, we were just rejecting them. So it's nice. It's nice whenever you're able to do that, and they don't get but one block shot on you. So that's that's very helpful.
1: Yeah, isn't that crazy that they're just all one? You know, mm-hmm. out of all that, just one. You know, they only get one block, and they've got obviously a bigger team than. And most teams are, but when you do that,
0: we're, um, just, we're just more athletic. It just seems like we're able to kind of outplay the big guys. Yeah. You know? Well,
1: yeah. No, you, know, you make Chad you perfect when you're saying that. Honestly, we think about it a lot of these times. Like, yeah, we're the smaller team, and Muslin's got to play that way. But then, like, well, if you're, it's a mismatch for even though they're a mismatch. If you can find ways to control the big men and kind of you know, then you've got a mismatch because you've got a four guard lineup and then a then an athletic, you know, six seven center pretty much in Bailey. So yeah. it's kind of playing to an advantage because it's hard to hard to match you know that many guys that can handle the ball. And...
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. So, uh, well, I mean. We won the game. I mean, that's what yeah, really that's what counts. counts. You know, we got yeah. a W. Um, we are going in to play Indiana as a one loss team. Um, we are ranked in the nation. Uh, what are we? What are we now? Uh, like uh, 20th, something like that?
1: Uh, no, we're, st- we're, we're outside of. Because
0: they had us at like, what, 24?
1: 20, yeah, let's see here. But
0: that was four. Uh, this game.
1: Yeah, no, well, that cause they weren't a very high team back at. We're at thirty three right now.
0: Oh
1: wow! in uh, and, and the NCAA net rankings, all about that and all the kind of polls and stuff. So That's a big drop, you know? Yeah, I mean, we just haven't really our schedule. has not been tough, man. Indiana's, I think. Well, it's um, fixing to
0: get real tough. Thirty.
1: That's gonna be a road game that we really need to. They're good at home. They're nine and zero at home. Mm-hmm. Um, you got. I mean, it's a big big game in uh, to your resume and you go into conference season with some winnable games especially that first one at A&M who's lost more than they've won this year I believe mm-hmm. uh, it's, a, it's, it's such a big game for the resume this weekend if we have this has got to be our best game of the season thus far
0: so what do we know about Indiana basketball what, what, what's up with these guys
1: okay so if you remember Chad we played them twice last year one at Budwall mm-hmm. one on the last second I think tip in by our uh Inside shot a Gafford in the paint. Um, after a big block, then then we play him in the nit and just run out of gas. Um, mm-hmm. But played really well at Bloomington where we're playing tomorrow. Um, at Indiana or not tomorrow, but Sunday, excuse me. And uh, so we went one and one against last year. It's not the same teams, obviously. They lost. We I mean, you know, Langford lost and Gafford, so they're different teams. We've got some. It's you know, we've got a different coach. They still got Archie Miller, mm-hmm. but they're eleven and one. Chad one and one in conference. They've always played two, two uh, conference opponents. They've mm-hmm. got a plus plus ten, so they plus ten point three rebounding margin. So they're rebounding everybody by double digits on average. So um, there's a couple things about them, but they their biggest win, Chad, I, schedule their biggest win was uh, only ranked team they played is Florida State, and they beat them at home eighty to sixty four. So it's a decent team. I mean. Mm-hmm. They need, but they need a win, too. I mean, we'd be a good win for them.
0: Yeah, I mean, they they, they are a, a decent team. Uh, and, you know, we played them last year. Uh, what I noticed was they were a big team, but they didn't, I don't know, it's like they didn't play to that size very well. And, you know, whenever we, we wind up taking a fall to them, I think we're playing so much better than we were at that time in the tournament um right now. We're just seem to be playing a lot better than we played last year. Um the way we're playing this year, we would have lost a lot of these close games that we're winning this year. So uh, yeah, I can see us I can see us going in and coming out with a win with this one.
1: I could too I mean we can't mess around. We can't play as bad as we averages we played against Valley. but you play like you did against Tulsa some of, obviously a lot of those other games that got you know every win game but the western Kentucky game and really we just should have finished off those last you know last minute and we'd be undefeated right now mm-hmm. um, but but Indiana um, so, so yeah a lot of their they're kind of they kind of ran through Romeo and he, he took a bunch of jumpers and just uh, you know kind of uh, one decently three-point shooter but he took it to the basketball so there's a lot involving him but they replaced him with a with a power forward um, i was watching some of the indiana notre game uh, notre dame uh, basketball game hmm. uh, this past weekend so he's a really good freshman uh, straight uh, tracy jackson davis um runs the rim rim to rim full court for six nine guys six nine uh 245 freshman he's got 24 blocks on the year um He's you know runs runs the court really well. Um, he's number four, so look out for him. Very um, young
0: guy, though. I mean, very young guy, freshman. That's that's. I mean, he's putting in work, but at the same time, should be able to take advantage of his youth, I would think.
1: You, he, he, I think Bailey's gonna. He, he's he, he's got a definitely a frame that he'll bulk up, but his freshman year, like you're saying, Chad. He's not. He still doesn't have. I think Bailey can match up. pretty I maybe can uh, kind of slow him down a little bit not let him get inside mm-hmm. uh, he averages 15 points on rebounds both their leading guys but uh, he's got some smooth moves uh, but like we're doing kind of some of the other games where the where the big man really is kind of their strength games we've played this year you know must talks about doing a you know kind of trapping the post down low so they definitely do and they've always they played a pretty aggressive help man they I've only played man-to-man exclusive this year which is cool in, but he's mm-hmm. played some you know really aggressive help defense, which you got to have. And that's why we forced a lot of turnovers. So you're gonna have to do it to this guy. And then they got this uh, brunk, who's a uh, big body inside, mm-hmm. 6'11", 245 big old guy. But he's he can make them uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, and you got Anderson, who you know we saw him last year.
1: Yeah, he's he's one of their uh, you know this team goes ten to eleven guys deep playing. I mean, you got ten guys playing twelve. 13 minutes or more. Mm-hmm. And Anderson's one of those guys. Um, um, you know, they're not the best three point shooting team. Um, and then, um, you know, Justin Smith, he's a pretty good uh, kind of small four, six, seven guy. You know, he can dunk the ball. He can, He's not a big shooter, uh, but he's good on defense as well. Mm-hmm. But Durham and Greener, they're starting, starting guards. You know, if anybody's really a threat for a three, it's those two. And uh, uh, I guess Green's the, or Durham's the point guard, so please assist, team and assist, but he turns it all over a lot. Mm-hmm.
2: So really, it's,
1: a, it's their strength is inside and they have some depth, but I don't think they really run that. They do average 80 points a game. I'm not sure their pace didn't seem too fast, but they might try to speed us up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Get down to our bench.
0: Yeah, and you'll see Justin Smith come in every once in a while, throw up a couple of threes and stuff. He hasn't had a horrible year this year. Uh, Franklin, Anderson, they're pretty, you know, they're both playing pretty good. So. Oh, yeah.
1: they I mean, it mostly had the same – except, I guess, Green had a uh, problem here recently. They would have had the same starting lineup to all 12 games, kind of like we have. Mm-hmm. But De- Deron Davis played last year, but he was better last year. He's only played average of six minutes a game. Um, I thought he was a decent player last year. And Hunter and Thompson, not much to say about these guys. But, um, Hunter will jack up shots, so 43 shots on the year, 34%. So that's a guy you want to leave open.
2: Mm-hmm. Jerome
1: Hunter. Just take it three out of 22 on threes, 15 out of 43. field goals total. That's a guy you want to leave open. Yeah. And I'm sure they'll find that out in the scouting room. This number twenty one's on the floor, hey man. Help that help side definitely down on down on the post. Let him get more room there's the other guys.
0: Absolutely. So what I mean, what do you think the keys of the game are? They're big down low, but you know, to me, I, I say you you take it, you, you 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 go in and you take the you know, you take the files, you hit the you hit your free throws. You know, we've been shooting Really good for free throws lately. Uh, you know, maybe you take a couple threes here and there. I don't know. I mean, obviously, I'm. I said this the last podcast. I'll say it again. Obviously, I'm wrong about you know saying we don't need to be jacking up 33 points and you know. I don't uh, think you're wrong, of man. Them Because we're winning games. You know, I don't know if I. You know what I mean? But well, that's not
1: gonna be. No, you're not wrong, Ched. that's not. You're not wrong.
0: So, yeah, I just feel like I just want to see us play a little more uh, conservatively on the perimeter and, you know, try to play a more aggressive inside and just just really, you know, driving at the basket. I'd, I'd like to see drive the basket, take the foul shoot the threes, because those big guys are going to get tired of the little guys driving <laughs> in on them. And they're just going to, you know what I mean? They're going to start oh, yeah. swatting and stuff. and Maybe you need some acting classes for the team.
1: Maybe so, and I mean it works. There we're a pretty good free throw shooting team this year, Chad. We're out. So, we shoot I'm- 74% percent as a free throw shooting team so always a good plan always a good plan to drive inside but
0: what what do you think what's your keys to the game from coaching perspective
1: well I mean definitely limit limit their uh, post play I mean that second chance mm-hmm. um, you got to get back on this Jackson Davis since he can run they should they're, they're like one of the top teams in the nation 57 percent two-point field goal offense so um, you just gotta play aggressive down, down low and stop them. Um, yeah, Chad, you always gotta. I don't. They might play a. Uh, most every team's played a zone on us. so I went down there play the zone, and now you beat a zone, you attack it. So, mm-hmm. um, but I'm sure you're gonna see 33s, Chad. Whether, whether you want want them to see you do it, whether Musselman, I doubt he wants to see him take 30. But.
0: If they hit 20, I'm okay with 30. Well, I guess that's yeah, but, a but lot, I mean, if, I mean that's a if, if somebody's
1: playing. Well, if somebody's playing and kind of mismatched match you when your tallest guy's six six on the floor and you got three of their guys down low.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean yeah, it's I mean that's I think they they do try to do that, but they do need some help. Some from a bigger guy, Bailey or Chaney. Somebody to step up down low.
0: I just thought Chaney was gonna be better this year. I really did. And uh I think I said that last year too. So
1: Yeah. I th- I thought he was too. I, I think was better fit for Anderson's kind of running, uh, more running, running offense, I think, because he's mm-hmm. a really athletic 6'8 guy. But really, he's just got to come on. I thought, yeah, I thought he's going to be a rebounding machine. Got a bit of a sophomore slump, but he's got to, he's going to be forced to have to play and pick it up and be, be aggressive with these big men and bang around down low um, against some of these coming up against Indiana, uh, the SEC play.
0: Yeah, so that's our last game before SEC play, and it is a huge game. And what do you think if we're if we if we win this game? What do, what do you think we go into the Texas A and M ranking as?
1: I would think I would think a road win at any. I bet we'd get top twenty five in both the uh, the polls and the uh, the the net ranking or any kind of RPI or anything like that. I think you get a road win against an eleven to one team. I think I think we I think that'd be a big big time maybe top twenty I mean that win can shoot you pretty because we've had a solid schedule not you know playing teams that are just the worst bottom of the NCAA but you know no no big um, no big ranked teams yet while is are not ranked they're really close mm-hmm. and this would be a huge huge win.
0: So last year about this time we started breaking things down like how many games do we need to win to. <laughs> getting the dance and this that and right. Right. we had all these breakdowns and it just doesn't feel like we had to do that as much this year because we just keep winning so I mean obviously we're in good shape but how good a shape are we in at this point in the year as far as going to the dance
1: right now if the season ended today I,
0: I mean, you'd have to be in right
1: yeah you'd be in today um, if you want to go by uh kind of what all any of these bracketology, you know, predictions kind of sites say, Mm -hmm. um, you know, do this a lot of places do it for 11 out of, you know, 28 something out of a whole bunch of these uh, brackets, you know, we're kind of an average of a 10th seed. So that's not bad. You're not playing in that first playing game. You're anywhere from, you know, we're anywhere projected from a six seed to, you know, an 11 seed. Mm -hmm. Um, So most everybody has us in into the dance. As well as they should. So right now we're sitting good last year. Kind of just out of it. You know, like we had to work ourselves in. So we what we got to do, Chad, is just not work ourselves out.
0: Exactly. So here's something that's interesting. And it's something we never saw last year um, when we were when we were looking at the games. But it, it tells you right here the, the, the games that are sold out and that aren't sold out. And we come down and look and Kentucky. is sold out, which is mm-hmm. really cool. Uh, TCU game is sold out already. I mean, fans are are fired up and excited about the basketball team this year. Mississippi State's already sold out. Uh, Missouri sold out. Uh, it
1: says on the website tickets. On, what? Uh, I tried to buy my brother tickets for uh, Christmas to the Auburn game. And it was sold out when I looked on the website. Ain't that one? Because that one's sold out now
0: look there though so well, Auburn sold out I guess so if you're getting tickets you better go ahead and get them because it's it's selling out quick
1: yeah so that's good though good atmosphere man. it's gonna help us
0: well it puts money in our pocket it puts money in the, the the pocket of the basketball team and the other sports at the University of Arkansas that don't bring in as much money and it's just exciting to see the fans getting excited about basketball being excited about you know one of our top sports at the University of Arkansas and you know at this point you start seeing things sold out like that at the end of the year even and it's like people people know that we got a chance you know and we better go watch them this year because they got a chance to roll into the dance
1: yeah they do and this program said with what they got this year it's a long ways to go I'm thinking it's a big dance team people said. Oh, yeah, I really think they're going to compete for the big dance. like, yeah, that's our expectation. That's what everybody's expectation. Now, if you would have said we're going to be 10-1 at this point, I would have been like, yeah, that's that sounds good. You know, split the road game so far. If you take two out of three on these games in non-conference, I mean, that's it's, it's a huge game. It's not a season killer if we lose Sunday,
2: Mm-mm.
1: especially if we play well. You know what I mean? just in the end, it's just like, wow, they really – I mean, that's a tough place to play. Um, it's really old 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 arena field house um mm-hmm. you know indiana that's like like we were talking uh, about with limbo as far as like oh, kentucky's a basketball indiana is a basketball state you know they love their basketball mm-hmm. so it's gonna be a pretty good crowd on a sunday night um up there that was a road game i was really hoping to go to but couldn't make it but uh, should be fun sunday night who doesn't like a sunday night before you know, especially like the New Year's week, you know, if we right, get a big fun. win, how good New Year's week's going. just like, oh, man, we're rocking a roll right before SEC play.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So it's going to be exciting to, to watch this game. And uh, I guess we need to throw some predictions out there, Tim.
1: Okay. Um, I'll go, you know, I think Arkansas pulls it off. Shocker. <laughs> Arkansas to win, win this yeah. basketball game, but. I'll go Arkansas, and we're going to have to score. Go Arkansas, 85, Indiana, 81.
0: Okay, <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> wow. That's a big, that's a big, I think, uh, I think it's going to be a tough game. But, uh, but maybe we'll pull this one out and uh, say 81 to 82,
1: Arkansas. Oh, Wow. Why are you laughing at mine? That's not too far away from that. It.
0: No, it's not. I, mean, I was just.
1: You're uh, gonna pick, you are going to pick. Before I said that, you were going to say 62 to 61, weren't you?
0: Well, no. <laughs> I think it's going to be a high scoring game. I think it's going to have to be, or we're going to get embarrassed. Um, I don't think we're going to break 100 against Indiana by any means. No. Um, but hopefully they don't do that to us. So, i mean it can go the other way i mean it's a good team um yeah they they we're Indiana. 80 points we're, we're going to Indiana that's a tough that's a tough environment to be in so even if we just come out with a close game uh, a close loss you know i'll be happy with that
1: yeah it's yeah like i said it's, it's not going to be a season killer if they lose you don't want in um you want to come away with the win but uh, close loss shows, hey man, like they battled in that road game. There's, I mean, this is the third road game already before even before even January starts. Mm-hmm. So, they're, you know, maybe there'll be some road warriors this year starting with this game or really competing. So, really exactly. encouraging us right before you.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So, well, I guess that's all we got on basketball unless we missed anything. If there's anything else that we need to Talk about basketball-wise, Tim.
1: I think that's about it. Uh, looking forward to the game.
0: Yep. Uh, I guess the girls' team's been doing pretty good. The Ladybacks have been uh, having a pretty decent year, huh?
1: Yeah, they have. Um, yeah, they're 11-1 and and ranked, you know, six-game win streak. Um, you know, uh, besides that one at California road game, they really could have easily won that. Mm-hmm. To eighty, or they'd be twelve and zero right now, but really good team, and they start uh, conference play uh, against St. Louis, who's real always really good in women's basketball. Uh, but they're looking good. It's uh, I'm ready for conference season and that too. Yeah, be a fun year. So,
0: yep, congratulations there, and and uh, way to represent the University of Arkansas. Oh yeah. Uh, well, we look at hockey. Um. I think we talked about this a little bit last week, and we probably should go into it uh, a little bit this week. Uh, we talked about the uh, Kansas uh, game where we uh, we we beat uh, Kansas, and then we lost to Kansas. Uh, and that was uh, five to two. Uh, the game we won and four to one. On the game we lost, uh, and then we uh, realized we're going in to play the University of Alabama Huntsville. And we figured out that they are actually in the SEC <laughs> hockey
1: conference. <laughs> sure did, didn't we?
0: Yeah, we did. That's kind of something uh, that we went over that that uh, we didn't realize was, you know, you got uh, University of Alabama Huntsville, uh, Ole Miss, Alabama. Um, who else was it? Vanderbilt, Middle Tennessee State. Uh, all those being um, conference games. And, uh, it was just really, it was just really kind of interesting seeing how, you know, there's some of these uh, smaller schools, uh, that are really good at hockey, uh, in, uh, in our conference that we didn't realize.
1: Yeah, it's really, it's really cool them filling out, like, you know, maybe a certain SEC school that plays, uh, plays football, baseball, et cetera. Mm Mm-hmm. Um. You know, have, have the Alabama. Actually, I mean, they have like Middle Tennessee. Let them come in. But actually, I think it's just because it's a huge conference. Yeah. Like, when um, we got Florida State, Florida Atlantic, uh, uh, Clemson, Georgia Tech, we still got the, um, I mean, looks like Mississippi and Mississippi, and all, you know, almost plays, but Mississippi State don't play. Well, yeah. other schools, but a lot of them really, Kentucky don't play, of course. But there's some decent teams, three divisions of five teams each. So,
0: only a few games left before we go into uh, SEC uh, tournament play, and uh, you know that's exciting. So I can't wait to can't wait to see that. Um, I think were we gonna do a were we gonna do a prediction this week on on uh, Alabama Huntsville?
1: I couldn't imagine. I mean, it's still uh, three weeks have, away.
0: That's what I was fixing to say. It's a few games away, so might as well just wait on that. I guess. Well, I, I don't think we have anything else as far as hockey goes. They don't play again until uh one seventeen and, and they do play. It is in Springdale, Arkansas. Then uh, they'll play in Springfield, Missouri, which isn't too far away. And, uh, and they'll come back to Springdale. So if you haven't seen a, a game yet, go ahead and, and jump on there and do that. And they are selling their hockey jerseys right now. Mm-hmm. So... Go out there and get you a hockey jersey for a hundred dollars. That's not a bad deal.
1: And guys, if you're, uh, I just kind of piece this together. If you're coming up for the Kentucky basketball Kentucky basketball game is Saturday, January eighteenth, three p.m. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, well, that's the same time the hockey game is, but the side the Friday night before seven thirty after, you know, even if, if you, you got the, uh, um, take the wife and kids or leaving them at the hotel hey, at seven thirty, man, a little late night. Um there you go. All right, me and the Hog Call Podcast will I have a beer downtown Springdale and go over to the walk over to the Jones Center.
0: That'd be a good time. <laughs> be a real so, good time. That'd be a good hog weekend. So get you a hockey jersey for a hundred dollars, go check a game out. They are uh, doing really well and we will get back into University of Alabama Huntsville a little more next week for you guys. And I think uh, I think that's about it. Do, you, we, do is there anything we missed Razorback related? Do we need to talk about him.
1: <sighs> I think that's about it.
0: Well, go Hogs.
2: We'll
1: pick